Welcome to Paul Mort Talk Shit. Curious fellow, but I like him. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. He's a shady character. What's his name? Hey, what is up? Here I am. Paul Mort Talks Shit with Mr. Chris Williamson of the Modern Wisdom Podcast. Wow, this guy blew me away, and I'm sure he will you too. From being the first ever contestant in Love Island to running a very successful podcast and a very big nightclub promotion company. We had an absolute scream with Chris, and well, you're going to love it, whether that's to learn more about sleep, learn more about phone hacks, and just feeling great, and actually learning stuff faster. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jigsaw Nutrition, and for any of the show notes, the links mentioned in the program, don't forget to head on over to polmo.uk, where you can also get a bunch of other free shit. Enjoy. All right, we are good to go. We're here with my man, um, Chris Williamson. We're going to get right down to business. My first question is something that I should ever, never ask. I would never normally ask a lady this, but you're not a lady. I'm trying to work out how old you are. 32. So Chris is 32, and the reason I'm asking that is because Chris has wisdom beyond his years, which makes sense to me because Chris has a podcast called Modern Wisdom. Mm. Like when I listen to Chris talk, I'm like, there's no way he's 32. But when I look at him, I'm like, he might be 23, 24. I tell you what, this this is exactly how I want to start every podcast with just bottomless flattery. <laughs> I just want, if we can do an hour and a half of pure compliments. Dude, and do you know why I've said that as well? Because I've done a lot of interviews and that. And you just get asked the same questions all the time. So I want this to be a little bit fucking different today. So let's just, let, let's get really current. So now, now we know that you're 32 going on. 62 going on like Gandalf level <laughs> wisdom and then like 24 year olds looking fucking skin and shit like that. Um, how's the podcast going? Fine, man. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know what to think about it. Yeah. I don't know what to think about the fact that I get to do something that I love and hundreds of thousands of people every single month listen to what I do mm. and care. Yeah. Uh, and I get, so I, I've been a club promoter for 14 years. Um, Is that what you, so that's what you did before? Bread and butter. Is still it? do. If, if in a non-corona world, I still yeah. fill nightclubs. Yes. Um. So I've watched a million people go into events I've run. Yeah. A million drunk people. Yeah. I did 210 Saturdays in a row without a break Holy between shit. the age of like 23 and 27 or something Ooh. like that. Um. So I was committed, very, very yeah. committed to that. Yeah. Well, um, I told you before. I'm like, I don't. I imagine you don't do things fucking half-assed. Um. We're always our worst critic, right? Yeah. We always have imposter syndrome. But no, I, I, I like to do things properly. Yeah. And increasingly, as I get older, I find that there's a, a high level of satisfaction in doing something properly. Yeah. So, Club Promo, um, one of the things that I didn't realize I was missing when doing Club Promo was that no one had ever stepped out of one of my events and come up to me and said, hey, man, do you know what it is? Before I went in there, like, I was a bit lost. I was feeling yes. a little bit lonely. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have anyone that I connected with. I, I kind of just, life was chaotic and a bit of a mess. But yeah. when I had those one pound Jaeger bombs and I heard that banging <laughs> house music and then there was this girl getting fingered in the corner and I thought, 
yes, man. Thank you so much. So, were you promoting South Shields by any chance? I, I, it sounds I, very I, familiar. I, I might as well have done. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> where was it you promoted? Everywhere. So I ran yeah. Saturdays at Riverside for years. I've got Fridays at Tup Tup Palace. We had Fridays at Lavello. Uh, Tuesdays at Eden, which used to be Tiger Tiger. Mm-hmm. Thursdays at the Points, which used to be Blue Bamboo. Mondays at Digi, we just picked that up at the start of the yeah. year, which is an epic fourteen-year-old session. Yeah. yeah. So um, we, we weren't doing stuff I have. We also got five nights a week in Leeds, and we own a bar in Leeds, and we were running blah 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 blah. So no one had ever come out and done that. Yeah. Um. So financially, club promo can make a lot of money, which is yeah. great. But there was a pathway that I wasn't. So being club in. promo like a self-employed thing. I'm director of. Oh, um, sick. With a couple of partners yeah. i have been since i was 19 so i got my first franchise at 19 and blah blah really? blah blah, blah, blah. um hang on let's not skate over this <laughs> uh, well, so, okay so here's the thing i'm not interested in that yeah i appreciate that you yeah, are yeah, yeah, and yeah, i'm yeah. more than happy to talk about yeah. it but you can see now how people's lives live in epochs right you recently had sam gowland on yes and his he had an epoch where it was love island he had an epoch where it was um geordie shaw yeah. which was part of a larger epoch which yes. is reality tv yes and now he's into fighting yeah so we move through these yes. areas of our lives yes, right mate, great point and what i like now is when people listen to my show yeah and say for fuck me you were on take me out and love island Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't know you were take me out. Did take me out. <laughs> Anything for a free holiday. Um, <laughs> so um, I like that. Yeah. I like being multifaceted. I like having yes. different areas in my life. Right. Yeah. So anyway, dude, I think what you're talking about here now is is you love having an impact on people. So like my bad impact. What my point was that no one ever came out of my club night and said that they felt nourished. Yes. But I get ten messages every day. Yeah. From someone saying, "Holy shit, man!" Like I was, I don't have any friends. I live. I, I, I'm a rugby lad, but I, I'm now I'm 28, and I kind of really don't have. And the stuff that you said about sobriety, meaning in life, mm-hmm. how relationships work, um, the opportunity of us mes- messaging extraterrestrial civilizations. Uh, Chelsea Ferguson, <laughs> who started the UK version of OnlyFans, she was really insightful. Or Sienna yeah. Day, the porn star for Brazzers, she was really insightful. You know, whatever it is, three times a week, I'm doing something. It causes people to feel that way, and it was just like, Dude, wow, powerful shit. Yeah, I, it was. It was a pathway that I'd never realized existed, yeah, and that I was incredibly hungry for without knowing that it was even there. Yeah. So how did you end up doing it then? The podcast. Yeah. And uh, how did it? Where did it come from? Johnny and Yusuf from Propane Fitness. Yeah. Um, I went on theirs. Yeah. I found that I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I love talking. I love learning. Yeah. I enjoy conversing. And I found it very therapeutic. Mm. So I have the first life hack I'm going to give everyone that's listening is if you don't have someone that you can have a conversation with for 30 minutes once a week where your phone's outside of your room, you need to find someone. What you need to do, set your phones outside of the room, choose a topic that you both care about, hold yourself, each of you, to rigorous and precise speech and have a conversation. See how you feel after you've done it. If you are not used to doing that, you will feel like you've flossed your brain once you've finished because the way that you will feel after we do this conversation and you're like, I was just fucking present. Yeah. All that there was, was the words in my head and yeah. the words that I was hearing. Yes. And it's not a game of tennis. I want you to be as precise and as accurate as possible with your speech. I want me to be as precise and accurate with my speech. Mm. And at the end of this, we will have made sense greater than when we came in. So I loved the process. Mm. I was on Johnny and Yusuf's show a number of times and I was like, I adore doing this. How can I do it more? I'll start my own. Started my own. Very fortunately got Dave Castro, director of the CrossFit Games for episode two. Oh, shit. Um, He's only ever done three podcasts. And I managed to to wangle that. And then Dan Bailey, 
Yeah. Four times CrossFit Games competitor and OG in the CrossFit world is like episode three. Yeah. Uh, and then it's, it kind of just went from there. And yeah. then, yeah, last month we did 800,000 plays and we just crossed 40,000 subs on YouTube. And yeah. we. When did you start at all? Start 2018. So two, two and a bit years ago. Yeah, hey, that's not, that's no fucking joke no. doing it that quick in that amount of time. 200 episodes as well. So oh, see, that's, would you say that's one of the secrets then is just fucking pure consistency? Yeah. Certainly consistency. So I haven't missed a week since I started, yeah. which I guess. Did you just start? I'm on a week like Chris. Or? One a week. So yeah. every Monday, um, people's lives are built on routine. You need to become a part of that routine. Yes. Um, that's why you'll tell your clients to do newsletters at the same time and the same day. Yeah. Um, so it was Monday and then I found that I was recording more than I was publishing. So yeah. I did Monday, Thursday, and then yeah. at the start of lockdown, I made a commitment to the audience that when they don't have as much going on in their lives, I'm going to give them more to listen to. Nice. So I did Monday, Thursday, Saturday, mm -hmm. um, and now with the YouTube, we do clips Tuesday, Friday. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like there's a lot of content going out, Ooh, yeah. but it's just me and a guy. There's no team. There's nothing. It's me and Video Guy Dean. A video guy. Yeah. Um, shout out Dean. Shout out video guy Dean. <laughs> Thanks, man. We're, sh we're shooting on a Lumix G5H <laughs> with a 1014 lens at blah, blah, blah. That's all he'll want to know. He'll love that. Is it? We love it. He'll love that. I'm glad you know because I haven't got a clue. Yeah, I've got a clue. Um, <laughs> Darren and James Smith told me to get that one. Of course they did. They said get that one. Of course they did. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I love it. I love yeah. what I do, man. I, I uh, adore having these conversations, getting to speak and meet people like you. Uh, and I like being a pro about it. Like, I'm not just interested, I'm committed. Yes. Like, I genuinely believe that I can be the best in the UK, if not Europe, at this job. Yeah. Like, I, it is a profession. Yeah. And there's some people that like to do it as a hobby, and I did. Yeah. But I've turned a corner. Like, I'm turning pro with this. And what, was there a catalyst for that, or? It was gradual. It's the same as, like, when do you become an adult? It's yeah. like at, at, at some I'm point still, in between being I'm still, I'm still waiting <laughs> praying is it today that I wake up and I find that I'm a fucking adult yeah. Um, so yeah I um, I don't know I, I, I just realised that the intersection of what you're good at what you love to do what you can be paid for and what mm. society needs is your calling um, and I don't know how many times I need to hear the same signal be sent to me for me to go Right, stop fucking about. Yeah. Stop thing. fucking about. Yeah, do yeah. do it. Do it properly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing it properly. Yeah. I love it, dude. Um, so what? Um, what's been? Add, add a few questions for you, actually. That I can't now. Me screens gone. Screens gone. Fuck. Just me screens. Me screens gone on the lockdown. It lasts. It lasts a fingerprint a lot. Good job. Living twenty first century. Yeah. So um, a few things I wanted to ask was I've got the what made you start today, but I'm thinking like I've heard a few of the shows. Who's been your favorite guest? Because you've had a lot of fucking guests. How many guests have you had total? 180, maybe. 180, really? Probably. So you've only done 20 on your, 20 on your own? 20 with Johnny and Yusuf. Ah, uh, okay. You've not done any on your own yet, just you? I, don't do, I haven't done any solo ones, so I'm leaving that for a time at which I, I'm going to start doing a solo series. Oh, amazing. Um, but that's not yet. Yeah. Uh, do you think can. that's because you love the conversation so much, or do you think it's more of a, something you want to do later? Yeah, so I enjoy the conversations. I think there's a level of confidence you need to be able to do like two hours uncut. By yeah. yeah, yeah, forty-five minutes or an hour, you yeah. know, with just you. Yeah, and and then when you run out of words, it's only you that's going to save. <laughs> it's only you that's going to save you. There's no one throwing you a lifeline. Yeah. So, yeah, um, 
Best guest, Rory Sutherland, who's the vice chairman of Ogilvy Advertising, yes. is one of the smartest behavioral economists on the planet yeah. and an absolute hero. Yeah. James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, was yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, man, I find people that are from all walks of life are absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea Ferguson, the girl that started AdmireMe.VIP, unbelievable insight, yeah. like fantastic insight, really, really good to hear someone who's come from like a working class background in the north of England yes. and has made something. So, you know, I, I, I'm just curious about everything. But yeah, if, if someone wants to listen to an episode that's like unique and not like anything they've ever heard before, number yeah. 49 with Rory Sutherland, yeah. it's phenomenal. The British gas technician comes around halfway through and I left it in. It's fucking brilliant. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Fixing his boiler. Mate, I love that. So let's get on to this. Um, that one thing that fascinates me, because um, I buy all the gadgets. I mean, all the gadgets, this life hacks thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that you mentioned it right at the start, and I don't want to give you a number because I hate it when people give me a number. You're like, can you give me your top three tips? And I'm thinking that could change day to day. Mm -hmm. But give me some of your, give me some. So our listeners, I don't want to say just men because I'll get shit off you ladies that are listening. I always do when I mention that I work with men. Um, but I have actually started doing some work with ladies, and I'm loving it, actually. They're easier to coach than men. Why? Which I, I don't know. They, they seem to listen a little bit more. So I think women... Seem to be a little bit more consistent. Women tend, personality types, to tend toward conscientiousness and orderliness a little bit more. Yeah. They're also more agreeable. Yeah. Um, which is why more men are in jail. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, honestly, and I'm and I'm really enjoying coaching the women. The the, the girls that I'm coaching pretty much forced me into it, didn't they? Yeah. Point need to do something else. Point need to do something else. Point need to do something else. Anyway, so the the show typical listener, um, guy that is ambitious, struggles a little bit, maybe mentally is a little bit up and down with his moods. Ambitious doesn't have to be self-employed, but has an interest in learning, just an interest in getting better at various things, whether that's with his with his, his mindset, his mental health, whether it's with his relationships, whether it's with his body, his energy, um, with his ability to learn across the board really. So give me some give me some of your top juicy tips. Okay. So Yeah I mean you can give me like one for each other if you want like to two hundred, haven't you? So, the, so the, the list how many there is two hundred the, the the PDF which is available at chriswillex.com slash PM you can tell. Um, you can tell Chris is a pro that he's got a door, he's got a URL already slash, lined up. Slash PM. Um, I love it. You can just get that for free. So Amazing. if you if you're listening and you think I need to write these down, you don't need to. There's a reference there. Yes. Um, useful. Uh, the first thing that I would do for everyone that's listening, if you're not sleeping with your phone outside of your bedroom, put it outside. Like, what are you doing? You will have in the back of your mind the fact that if you can't sleep, YouTube's only three inches away. Mm. So get it outside of your room, ideally. If you can have a digital sunset around about an hour before you go to bed, that's mm -hmm. fantastic. If you can also have a digital sunrise, which would be as long as you can before touching your mobile device, again, fantastic. And you do that with like, a, I think we've got one called the Lumi, I think it's called. Is that what? Is that a digital sunrise? Uh, so you have a, a sunrise alarm clock. Yeah. So in terms of digital sunset, digital sunrise, I'm just talking about putting a buffer in where you don't use technology. Ah, okay, I got but it. Got I it. Also, you also should use the second part of it, which you've already got to, yeah. is buy a sunrise alarm clock. So replace waking up just to sound to waking up with light, then followed by sound. Yeah. It'll increase your cortisol uh, in the morning, which helps to regulate melatonin release, especially if you're from the UK or anywhere in northern latitudes where you don't have a lot of light during mm -hmm. the winter time. It's fantastic. So there's your first thing. So phone outside of your room. Yeah. Um, Second thing is have a morning routine. You need to have some way to start your day, which is consistent. I know that you're big on morning routines. Yeah. Um, a walk, some sort of movement, outside exposure. So I, I split it into four buckets. 
Uh, the four buckets are um, move, think, learn, and prepare. Mm-hmm. So you move, you have to get outside, some sort of sun, sunlight, a walk is ideal. I know yeah. that you've got a little trampoline. Uh-huh. Um, I have. We've got one in here as well. I'll have a go in a we bit. We have one at home, one here. We've got them all over the place. Um, uh. So move, uh, think, that would be journaling, meditation, breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, learn, that would be read, audiobooks, and then prepare, that is prep your day. And you can do all of that without touching your phone. You don't necessarily need your phone for yeah. that. I know some yeah. people might need guided meditation and things like that, but you can partition it. Yeah. Um, so there's two of them. Uh, from a more productivity perspective, speed up your trackpads to the maximum sensitivity. Like if you do that, your, your ability to move around your screen is constrained by the pace at which your mouse moves. So if you turn your sensitivity up as high as it goes, you can move your mouse around more quickly. Like you will instantly be 5% quicker at everything he's, he's that you do. He's thinking about doing that already, Mark. You yeah, he's thinking about doing that. How do I turn that off? I've never actually heard that before yeah. ever. Like yeah. I, I like to think, oh, I've heard quite a lot of life hacks in my time. Nate. But I've never heard that. Turn your trackpad sensitivity Makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't you? Perfect sense. Unbelievable. Learn keyboard shortcuts for stuff like YouTube, for browsing, so that you can move between tabs. Basically, you want to take your hands off your keyboard as little as possible. So you can do keyboard stuff much more quickly than you can do trackpad stuff. So you want to learn that K pauses on YouTube, that L jumps forward 10 seconds, that J, is it J on the other side of it? J goes back 10 seconds, and you can speed up and speed down by shift and the up and down arrows and blah, blah, blah. Just learn them because it only takes you five minutes he's, to learn. He's it. got that new thing. We've got my MacBook Pro. Have you seen that thing where they've got oh, the, the emojis the across the top? Bar across yes. The top. Dude, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. some cool shit. I've never used it. I've Have you never not? used the, the touch bar. The only thing I use it for is turning the brightness and volume. But you is that all you use it for? The buttons were there anyway. So yes. it's just, I don't, I don't use any emoji. I, I still, um, is it command? Well, you're not doing a Facebook ads yet. Control, control command space. Yeah, I still yeah, exactly. do that to do. Yeah, yeah. It's just habit. It's just habit. So do you watch YouTube videos on 1.5? I feel like... So I'm I'm a 1. 1.2. 1.2. 1.2, 1.25 guy. I know Yusuf from Propane Fitness is a 2 or a 2.5, which Ooh. to me just sounds like... <laughs> 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 yeah, he definitely, he definitely <laughs> does much my videos. Unbelievable. I've so, actually got no idea what these guys are talking about. I'm too old for watching videos on 1.5. 1.5 speed. So you can, you can speed up. So the problem with speed readings, anything that you can speed read or speed learn isn't worth learning. I agree. Like you want to take time to reflect. And this is something, this is more principle-based rather than like a hack. But ruthlessly indexing information is fucking bullshit. Like you cannot execute what you don't retain yeah. by definition. Yeah. And if you learn something and forget it, it's functionally the same as having never learned it. So mm. why waste your time? Yeah. You want to move as quick as possible at the rate which allows you to retain the things that you have yeah. and no yeah. quicker. And you know, Chris, I think that I've got, I have a little bit of an unfair advantage over a lot of people when they learn because when I learn, I learn it with the, the not the knowledge, but with the selfish, basically I have to teach what I learn a lot of the time, which gives me, I have to, I feel like I learn it at a deeper level because I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to share this with somebody at some point. Do you know what I mean? He's gonna call me. It's, out. Like it's so like really, it's really it is accountability because I'm like I'm learning this for me, but also if it's good, I have the responsibility to share it with the people that yeah. are, are cool enough to listen to what I've got to say. So I feel like I've got a bit of an unfair advantage. Do you well, know what I mean? I agree. It's the difference between being a. It's like living it almost, isn't it? Learning it, then living it. It's the difference between being an MMA fighter who only shadow boxes and an MMA fighter who steps in the <laughs> octagon. Like, are you going to put your ideas into the, the battleground? Yeah. Or are you just going to have them exist in this kind of like sand pit? 
yeah. like Petri dish. Is it just an idea or yeah. is it, in ta- is so it have you brought it in a time and space? There's another thing. I mentioned about it earlier on, but um, you need to have a, a, a deep conversation with a friend. Yeah. Even if you, especially if you think that you're not the sort of person that likes to have conversations, yes. then push your discomfort. Yes. Um, the reason is that most of our thoughts, most of the ideas that we have in our mind, they're not concrete. They're notions. Yeah. So you think a thing... But until you're forced to give it form, like real physical, tacit, yes. made into words, yes. linguistic, articulated form, yeah, it's still just this cloudy, ephemeral, fucking wishy. What? Like, hang on a second. We need a transcri- We need a transcription here. Just what was that word you used? Cloudy, ephemeral, ephemeral, ephemeral. What does that, that mean? Ether? Yeah, it's so ephemeral is like temporary and difficult to grasp. So basically, it it just means that you have a notion right in your head. But when you actually say the words, it's forced into form. Yes. And that means that you're, the, the precision... It makes it more speech, real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and this is why the precision and the uh, rigidity that you're supposed to speak with, you're supposed to be rigorous and precise with everything that you say. Yes. Reason being that the more precise you are with your speech, the more precise you are with your thoughts, mm. and the quality of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. Mm. Think better thoughts, you have a better life. Mm. And if anyone who's read 1984 knows that language impacts thoughts, if you can't say a thing, it's functionally the same as not being able to think it. Yes. Like if you have an idea and you can't tell me what the idea is, or even tell yourself what the idea yes. is, what is it? It's just a sense. Yeah. yeah. It's like fucking, I don't know, you know, it's just a notion. It's, it's energy. Kind of, yes. Just it's bollocks. Nothing. It's bollocks. And it, it functionally, it makes no difference. So yeah, yeah there's... Some things, buy an automatic car, buy a dog, go for a walk, hit 10,000 steps a day. Um, buy a dog, Max got four. Oh, dear got dog. four dogs, okay, hates so them all, you, you, hates you. them all. <laughs> There's not, listen. He's got four dogs, hates them all, what they called? a piece of carpet in my house that hasn't been pissed on by them. <laughs> That's why. Well, that's a good excuse for you though, as well. I, sense. If you wanted to just. Have a piss eye, <laughs> have a piss eye. I think you've got to buy a dog and a dog trainer, maybe, Mac. Yeah. That's a few, what are your dogs called again? They've got weird names, I thought. Murphy, Marty, Mimi, and Marcy. It's a fucking tongue twister. <laughs> They're not just four dogs, it's a fucking tongue twister. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the Linickers, Wayne, Dwayne, and Shane. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Where does that buy a dog thing come from? Johnny. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the Life Acts list is a accumulation of the last two and a half years of Life Hacks episodes, which mm-hmm. is a particular series we did on the show. Yeah. Um, and I went through, <laughs> during the start of lockdown, every episode and just wrote out every hack, why it exists and what it is and then yeah. how to get it. Yeah. Amazon link or yeah. whatever it might be, uh, web URL. And um, at Johnny's was buy a dog. It's a single decision that you make that has multiple downstream implications. So it yeah. externalizes your sense of virtue. You have to care about something else that you're responsible for. Yes. It forces you to do daily walks, which is great for almost yeah. everybody that's there. Yeah. Um, it is just a genuine source of happiness at all times. Yeah. Um, you know, That's one decision that you can make that has a multiple downstream benefits. So yeah, doing yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that where you do a thing yeah. and then continue to iterate did you, on did the Did you benefit, talk about this with Smith, by the way? Because Smith would have loved talking about this. No, he... He's desperate for a dog. He just wouldn't shut up about dick pics. <laughs> I, 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 like, he, he shoehorned it into the conversation, like, two or three times. That's insane. James. Maybe he was hinting. James. Maybe he was hinting. He wanted to see the Williamson there. Uh, the Williamson... Um, Alex James, James, if you're watching and you want a dick from me, mate. You've I've got seen my it, number. you don't want to see that. You've got my number. You just slide it in the DMs. <laughs> so, the, you know, there's tons and tons of stuff like that. Yeah. Use, use scissors for cutting meat in the kitchen. Don't use a chopping board and a knife. I, right? do, that, I do that all the time. Yeah. I thought I was just being lazy, but... 
No, it's just like obvious stuff like Why that. wouldn't you? Yes, precisely. Yes. So this is like the, the, the purpose is there's no instruction manual that comes with life, right? Yeah. But there are better ways of operating and there are worse ways of operating. Yeah. And you can be as abstract as you want with this. We can go as meta as to like, why, what is a good life? How do you lead a good life? Stuff like that. Yeah. Or you can get down to, you should cut chicken with a fucking pair of scissors. Yeah. Like you can See, go that's as- super practical. The guys listening to this, the guys listening to this show, I'm, I've got a strong feeling that they're going to be super practical because I'm a super practical guy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the reasons why what, what I say resonates with so many people is that I'm able to take fairly complex subjects that are overcomplicated and just make them really fucking simple. Like, if you want to feel like that, do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to experience a feeling of happiness, why don't you just have a fucking little buffet where you go in and select something that makes you feel a little bit happier? Like cutting chicken with scissors. I mean, <laughs> like, if that I'm gonna feel, Mate, I am going to feel more justified in my decision to cut fucking meat anyone, with scissors rather than anyone, using a knife. Anyone who criticizes you about cutting meat with scissors, mate, send them to me. I'll have a word. Well, they clearly haven't done it. They, 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 they clearly haven't done it. Change your life. I'm sitting in here <laughs> using a chopping board. <laughs> it's a Monday night. Get did out. You, Mark, Get did you prep last night as well? You had a Monday no, prep night. Did you no, not prep? Last night. Oh, that means a subway for lunch for you. It is. No, Morrison's. Morrison's, Morrison's for lunch. Meal Morrison's meal. Meal. <laughs> Saying that Tesco's is better. But. I love it. Dude, let's go. I want to go right back to the first thing that you said because I'm of the opinion that a lot of people are just fucking exhausted. I deal with a lot of people that have a lot of challenges. And I think one of the biggest problems is that they're just fucking exhausted. Sleep's a huge issue. And I think that was your main point right at the start when we're talking about the digital detox and that. We're kind of glossed over that sleep a little bit. So talk to me about some sleep hacks. This is not selfish at all, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the bottom line is you need eight hours. Like there's the same likelihood of you being the person with the genetic quirk which permits you to work on less than six hours is the same likelihood of being hit by lightning. Yeah. So if you haven't been hit by lightning yet, presume that you need eight hours. Yeah. That's the rule that I would use. Is it? Yeah. Um, you can, it's also much more difficult to bank sleep than it is to be in sleep debt. So you can sleep under one hour a night, but then if you oversleep for 12, it's not as if it makes it up. It's mm. not like a caloric surplus. Oh, really? Across a week. No, no, it, it would appear that- I never get more than six. <laughs> well, I mean, so the, the, the bottom line, mate, is that- It's not that I don't want to. Why do you not sleep? I struggle to fall asleep. Okay, what are you doing in the hour leading up to you going to bed? Phones off. I'm often reading fiction. With a- Bit of journaling, yes. Light on? Yes. Okay, can we switch that to a Kindle? Yes. Can we switch that to a Kindle with a pair of blue blockers? Yes, Jamie loves a pair of blue blockers, by the way. Okay, so anyone that's, <laughs> anyone that's listening, if you need a pair of blue blockers, the ones that have clear lenses are bullshit. Raw optics are a- The ones are like the yellow. Precisely. Yeah. So raw optics, Matt Maruka is on this Thursday. This is in podcast land. So we're recording now, but I don't know when this will go out. <laughs> By the time the that this way. goes out, there will be an episode on Modern Wisdom with Matt Maruka, who's the CEO of raw optics and the creator of the light diet. And he did two hours red pilling me on what light does to the body. Oh, really? So you would you would love this. What um, basically, you need to maximize your sunlight exposure during the day. Yes. You need to try and wake and sleep with the sun as best you can. Um, if you are trying to go to sleep on an evening time, I would read fiction. Yeah, that's I wouldn't what I read good. Yeah. Um, so I would have a warm shower around about an hour before you go to bed. Yeah. Um, in terms of like supplements, like the, the big winners are get in bed early, turn light down, ideally wear um, blue blockers that are a good quality, like raw optics. Yeah. Um, and then let's like say dial that light down, keep your bed as cool as possible. You know, all of this stuff. Like you know, I did get that to actually really work really well. I've seen those weighted blankets. 
I have I've used one of those, mate, and I absolutely, it's probably one of the things that's made the biggest difference really? to, yeah. to being too hot and staying asleep. No, it's because it's light. Like it's light, yeah. it's thin. But heavy. It's thin, but heavy. Okay, cool. Uh, it's quite airy. Isn't that well. weird? It is okay. airy. Like yeah, the material's thin, so it's not a thick material. Yeah. But it's got, it's kind of, it's got weights in it. Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, you could It's sleep, like a weighted vest, really. You it's could weird. sleep under a barbell and it wouldn't be that warm, but it would be quite <laughs> heavy, right? You know, that's like, what I mean, I. Okay, cool. I, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. In terms of supplement, the thing that's moved the needle for me the most is a, a product by Jigsaw Health. They're a company from America. Uh, this was given to me by Ben Greenfield, one of the world's best biohackers and coaches. Smart so he was on my show, and I just asked him to tell me his entire daily routine. Did you? So if you want to go back and listen to that, it's on Modern Wisdom, uh, yeah. and he just drops like it, it's unstoppable, yeah. like a hundred things, and he's doing it while he's walking. Really? He's having a walk, and he's got his phone. Dude, he's he is. I follow a lot of his stuff. He's an animal as well. Uh. So, um, Jigsaw Health make a product called Mag Soothe, right. which is a pre-bed. Um, magnesium chelate which if you get deep into the weeds about the magnesium world which there is there's yes. very very strong reddit discussions yeah. about magnesium <laughs> chelate is like uh put forward as being one of the best uh, types to have yeah um and this like one scoop of this just pisses like yeah it's great to have a zma tablet from my protein yeah. or something like this but yeah. this is the you know this is the pro shit is it um and it'll last about six weeks and it's about 40 quid so you know I people, people that will pay pay money for a fucking pre-workout that will improve their workout sleep by uh, workout quality by two percent, but not by a sleep product which will improve their sleep by fifteen yeah. percent. Um, so you, you just sleep yeah, for yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know that this is sort of leading a horse to water, but you need to try and get eight hours as yeah. best you can. Yeah. Uh, you need to track it, which I'm presuming that you're with doing with some form. With the wolf, yep, the exactly. wolf's amazing. Um, so yeah. do you know what's interesting? We have a, in, inside of our unstoppable program. We have we must have about thirty guys on the program in the whoop. And I'm top of the effort list, the strain list, mm. and lowest on the fucking recovery list. And the, the guys are like, imagine you on fucking eight hours sleep, Paul. I'm, I'm not sure the world's ready change for that shit. We change again, man. I'll have some fucking, there'll be fire coming out of my ears and everything. So, I mean, perfect example. I feel like I tried everything. I think that's the, that's the thing. And I think that, um, luckily, I get a nap almost every day. I get 15, 20-minute nap. I call it meditation, but it's really a start meditating and then I fall asleep. It's the same thing, right? And then, uh, but, the, but the sleep thing, honestly, it's, it used to drive me insane. And the thing, one of the things that's improved me sleep the most is just fucking trying to be like, I'm not going to stress about it. I think sometimes when you read, when you get into sleep, when you get into reading about it and studying about it and that, you kind of think about it a bit it's too an much. And I, and I think a lot of people get this when they're tracking sleep. They, um, they track it so anally that like they get stressed about it and it affects yeah. their sleep more than just fucking going to bed and yeah. falling asleep. Worrying when you're trying to fall asleep about falling asleep. I, I, yeah. how am I, what am I going to get on my whoop band tomorrow? So this is, this is actually quite an interesting abstract concept. A lot of the time, what we need to do is become incredibly anal about a thing. Yes. Because the inertia you've got to get over at the very, very start, right? The momentum you need to generate to become good at anything yeah. at the very beginning is really, really fucking high. Like mm. for you to be able to learn the basic way to stand and fall in jujitsu yeah. at the start, there's nothing that's ever harder than that. Yeah. Like after that, when you understand the rules and you move forward, you can then begin to flow. And yeah. there's this like wonderful quote um, from an ancient philosopher who talks about the fact that an aspiring Confucian gentleman must n uh, learn the exact number of steps from the entrance of his room to the edge of his mat. His mat must always be straight. He must learn the exact angle that he's supposed to bow at. However, over time, once he has learned these and instantiated them, this um, discipline 
bizarrely allows him a form of spontaneity and freedom which is never available to the person who doesn't do it. Yes. So what we identify is that you need to be very, very disciplined, very, very, very exact about yeah. the thing in order to then be able to free flow with it. Mm. You know, Eddie Bravo, before he became the fucking savant BJJ artist that he is, had to learn the exact rules. And it's only upon learning those exact rules yeah. that you can then start the to play with In them. In jiu-jitsu, they call them the fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point in doing anything until you know the fundamentals. Yes. And like, it's the same there's with no point in learning a submission until you, can, like, until you can get somebody off of you. Yeah. There's no point in learning any submissions until you can survive submissions, really. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So and then you start to learn the submission. It's kind of like, I suppose you could apply this to fucking something as simple as dieting, right? Like, you have to earn the right and not have to track your calories. Precisely. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? People that say, I eat by feel and get it right, yeah. lived on my fitness pal for three years. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yes. yes. Because what is feel? Yeah. Like, unless somehow your brain was bestowed with the exact accurate, like, way to metric out the world, yeah. which maybe one in a million people gets, yeah. you had to learn it. Mm. Yes. And it's system one, system two thinking from Daniel Kahneman's thinking fast and slow, yeah. or it's the four stages of development from James Clear. Yeah. Like you need to have a planning brain and an executing brain. Yeah. You can't do them both at the same time. Yeah. So spend a little bit of time exploring. You know, I'm so looking. bad at, what am I like in a meeting? Do you know planning? I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm not lucky, but now I understand the importance of planning because I'm like, can I fucking do that? Yeah, can I do it? Yeah, can I? Like I'm desperate now to write down that supplement. Like you told me about it. I'm it's fucking. An, like I could just go back, but I'm fucking desperate to write it I down. Yeah. So when we're in a meeting on a Monday morning, we do about a two-hour meeting on a Monday morning, and I get how important it is. But I'm like, oh, fucking finished yet? I've got things to do. I'm mm. I'm so desperate to execute. Have you read Essentialism by Greg McEwen? I haven't, but guess what? This morning I'm looking at the Audible credits. I'm looking at books because I'm on holiday next week. I don't know where the fuck I'm now going to Corfu. By the way, trying to get out of somewhere that's not going to make you quarantine well, when you come back. We had a Bitha, We've had Turkey booked twice. Mm -hmm. Then we had a Bitha. And then I was like, Spain got cancelled. So now I was meeting Darren. I was meeting my agent, Luke, in Ibiza. They're in Marbella now. Then they're going, now I can't go. So now I'm going to fucking Corfu. I've got no idea whether it's any good. Somewhere with sunshine will make it. That's what I mean. I'm like, so there's no way I'm not going to hold it. Anyway, so this week, so I've been looking at books that I'm going to get and take with me. And that was one of them that came up. So I would highly recommend Essentialism. Um, ben Bergeron. Chasing Excellence's podcast and his book, Chasing Excellence as well, are both fantastic. If you're yeah. into sport, if you're into fitness, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, his podcast is, it, you should have to pay for it. Really? That's how good it is, yeah. Really? And it might be my sort of fanboyishness because Ben, yeah. ben speaks the language that I want. He talks a lot about mindset, yeah. a lot about mental toughness, which yeah. I, for me is an area that's quite lacking. Yes. Um, and uh, he, uh, he says, in order to earn the right to start reading personal development, you have to read essentialism. You're not allowed. That's the wow, that's the entry that's price. That's the entry price really? you have to pay to get into. Oh, dude, I'm on it. So it's, uh, I had the problem that I've got is I want to order it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally I'm looking at Mac because I'm a I'm what's called a drive-by delegator. I just fucking pile shit on him. Mac, can you do this? Mac, can you do that? And he's like, no. And then I'm literally like, has to say no. Write it down first. He has to carry this little. When he's with us, he has to carry a little notepad around with him I for do. things that I'm like, can you do this? And so now, and that's it. why I need to read it. Because I, I won't, be, I'm, my brain, I, I suppose it's kind of good because I'm like, I'm not going to retain that. Mm. So I need to write it down and I need to do it now. But it's a, it's a, it's you a. You read Getting Things Done by David Allen. I have, I. Okay. I have. So, I mean, the a mind. A long is, time ago, that. The mind is built for having thoughts, not holding thoughts, right? Yeah. Like Ooh. it's a shitty library, but a very good decision yeah. maker. Well, Dr. John D. Martini has an amazing quote, and I must quote, I must quote him about three times a week. He has this quote, which is a, a short pencil is better than a long memory. 
And I, that is fucking incredible because he also has this thing. He's wrote probably one of my favorite books called The Values Factor. And he does this test with you that what are the three things that are closest to you in your proximity at the most time? So basically that'll tell you a lot about your personal values. Because he has a thing where personal values aren't social idealisms like honesty, integrity. It's actually your habits. So mine came up as me phone, which I think it will be for most people. Me wallet, which is kind of concerning. <laughs> I want to touch on this is really weird. I know my bank card number off by heart. How, in that that how much you have to put it in? That's worrying, aye. That's worrying, aye. Th and the third thing was pen and paper, which really surprised me. Like, I've always got a journal or a notepad or a pen and a book, which really fucking surprised me that. And I think that's where, why I love that quote so much. Like, a, a short pencil is better than a long memory. But it's like yeah. what you were saying earlier, we're writing shit down. <coughs> that, since joining Unstoppable, for me, writing shit down has been the single most important thing. It's crazy, isn't it? Like, you know, a woman the other day how said How simple me, is it, though? Like It is. It is. And, and it's, so, it's so easy and it's so simple, but yet so many people don't do it. I'm like, where are you? How are you retaining? Like, they're not retaining this information. And a, and a woman the other day, I must have said something about writing things down and journaling. Oh, no. Somebody said, can you do, can I do this on my phone? And I said, no, I think deep work with your mind should be done with a pen and paper. Like, I don't think there should be any distractions nearby when you're doing deeper work. And she said something like, that makes sense because I'm doing this doctorate or something. And that apparently has, you might even know this, it has some deep research around the fact that pen and paper is where you should do your deep work. I was really, I was really fascinated by that. Uh, really cool. Like, are, you a, are you a journaler? I am, yeah. So um, I've been in partnership with the Six Minute Diary since I ever first picked one up. Um, I started using one three and a half years ago, yeah. email, emailed the director, Dominic, yeah. and said, dude, this is really good, thank you. Um, and then they've been a sponsor on the podcast ever since. Really? Yeah, which is, so they just they just um, continue to chip away. And What's the strategy for journaling then? Because again, I'm gonna talk about our listeners and I might be making a fucking broad assumption that might trigger the shit out of you if you're listening. But obviously the type of guys that are with, big burly guys, big burly businessmen, either builders, fucking guys with double glitter, all sorts of different businesses, but they're usually kind of men's men. And they're like journaling. Fuck's that? Because they think it's some kind of DI diary. Adrian, do you know who Adrian Mole is? Yeah. A lot of guys are, dude, do you know who Mr. Motivator is? <laughs> dude, there's so many guys that I talk to in the gym, even at this IFS thing I went to last year, who didn't know who he was. He doesn't know who he is. I would say it's that Sam Gowlin didn't know who he was. I'm like, wow, yeah. these guys have never lived. Built, from a, built from a different and, time. And man. if you've never seen this guy in fucking light, right, you haven't fucking lived. Unbelievable. You haven't lived. Unbelievable. And I'm, now I'm totally off topic. You were talking about uh, journaling. Journaling, so, yeah. Um, what's your strategy for that? Susanna Hallinan, the happyologist, one of the world's leading positive psychologists, came on my show and she said that gratitude is the foundation for happiness. Yes. The easiest way to continue to have gratitude is to instantiate it every day. The easiest way to do that is to have a journaling habit. So morning and night, the six-minute diary or your uh, unstoppable diary, yeah. which I know that people do. Yeah. Like just, it doesn't matter what the specifics of the strategy are. Yes. Pick some things that make you feel grateful every day. So this morning, one of the things I was grateful for was the fact that it was sunny uh, while I was doing my morning walk. Another yeah. one was coming to speak to you today. Uh, and another was the fact that um, I had an injury and that I'm able to train. So I was like, these are three things that are super simple. Yeah. Now, if you think, oh, that sounds like fucking yes. weird, mate. That's like, exactly oh it, my I... God, like that's a pussy. Cool. Your happiness is getting muted. Yeah. Like you are putting a glass ceiling on how happy you can be in your think life. What Chris has just said there, right? What, what we've got to understand what Chris has just said there. They're basically things that you're excited about. 
And I think when you write it down, you're creating that feeling of excitement as well. Like we could call it gratitude, we could call it appreciation, but I think another word is excitement. Like you're excited about the fact that it's sunny, you're excited about the fact that you're coming on here, you're excited about the fact that you can train even though you've got an injury. Well, try, how good a feeling is that? Try and be angry and grateful at the same time. Impossible. Try and be melancholy and grateful at the same time. Yeah. It, really, really difficult. Yeah. Gratitude is being thankful, it's the state of being thankful yeah. for what you have. Yeah. Right I think now. that's an important thing because I think often the word gratitude is enough to think for people to think, oh, yeah. hippie fucking bullshit. Well, they again, just throw it? it away with the woke nonsense. Yeah. All Instagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, yeah. Do I need to take ayahuasca? Do I have to yeah. start wearing <laughs> elephant pants? Do I need a robot on my nipples? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, dude, do you know what's funny? That was me probably two years ago. I'd be like, fucking yoga for pussies that, for middle aged women. And then I'd be the same with meditation. Our meditations are fucking tree-hugging hippies. So, I mean, and then I'd even be the same with jujitsu. I'd be like cuddling people in your underpants. I get it. I'll be walking through the bodybuilding gym because our gym SBG is attached yeah, to a bodybuilding yeah, yeah. gym. So I'll be walking through and someone will be like, ah, you're going to cuddle your mates in your underpants again. I'm like, dude, come in. You'll get put to sleep in 30 fucking seconds. <laughs> like, honestly, I, and that would be my attitude before. I think if people are ready to hear it, like, they'll hear it. Because and honestly, so many things... I'd be the same. Like, I just dismiss it. And do you know why it is? Because I didn't understand it. I had no understanding of it, so it was easier for me to mock it than it was to fucking understand it. Absolutely. I mean, why would anyone choose, really, with no knowledge of what they're talking about, to say that it's bullshit? Yeah. Like, the only reason for that is a combination of jealousy around people that are finding gratitude, uh, 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 gratification or yeah. satisfaction yeah. in doing that thing. Like, no one ever gives someone shit about something they do that they hate. Like if you did this podcast yeah. and didn't enjoy it, yes. no one would come in and go, oh, that fucking shit, that yeah. podcast, mate. Because you're like, I'm not doubling down on something that's already a negative. Yes. But if you start hyping away, like everyone that's listening, especially the guys, think back to when you started to do something different, mm -hmm. maybe around about sort of 17 or 18. Like, so for me, it was, I started modeling. I became a commercial model. And like, Every single one of my mates was like, oh, you fucking uh. bender. Well, you got to go do a photo shoot, have you? Oh, yeah, yeah, go, go yeah, get yeah, your makeup yeah. on. And it's like, all right, bro. Like, why is that coming How did you from? deal with that at the time? I didn't care. Did you not? No. I'm, an, I'm an only child, man. So, like, my ability to um, be self-sufficient is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So I find myself isolating too much. I overwork. Yes. Um, I attach my sense of identity to work. I tell you what, let me, let me do a little story because I've missed out one pretty good story that I'd love to tell the people that are listening, especially your audience. Yeah. Young businessmen that are listening, one thing that you need to be very, very careful of as you become more and more successful with what you do is attaching your sense of identity to the success of the business. Oh, dude, yeah. So the challenge that I came across was that I arrived at university as this kid who kind of didn't really have a very um, foundational sense of identity, didn't know who I was, um, very quickly became successful at Club Promo, got my first franchise at 19, which was mm -hmm. Carnage, which is like the biggest, it was a license to print money back in the day. And mm -hmm. then we started running these weekly club nights and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that very quickly, I became a club promoter. Yeah. Like, that's me. I am the identity. Yes. Um, then that ran forward, and very quickly, it was no longer the club promoter. I was the business. So if the business did well, I was good. If yes. the business did bad, I was bad. Yes. Then, this is the pernicious bit, and this is what I think a lot of businessmen get into, but they don't really see. I started to attach my sense 
of well-being and success to the amount of suffering that I went through. <laughs> Dude, this is huge. On the process to achieving anything within the business. Yes. So as a good example, let's say that we ran our night on a Saturday at Riverside back in 2012, and it was brilliant. We did 1,500 people, and we made six grand, and everything went great. There was yeah. no complaints, no problems, no nothing. Yeah. But I didn't suffer. Yeah. I didn't have a late night. I didn't have an early morning. Yeah. I didn't have a problem. I would go home feeling guilty mm. because I'd attached my sense of success mm -hmm. and of self-worth to the suffering associated in achieving anything yeah, in the business. I totally get it. So it's what's called a Puritan work ethic. You can imagine that back in the Middle Ages, you had these priests and they were hoeing the gardens, doing the self-flagellation, right? It was in tribute to God. Yeah. They were doing this as a Puritan work ethic. Yes. They were doing the work ethic and their sense of well-being, their sense of becoming was based on the suffering. Mm. That's really, really dangerous mm. because... We've also got this message being passed around quite a lot now by well-known fucking ex-army, ex-fucking Navy SEALs that it seems to be if you don't suffer, you're not fucking doing it right. I mean, Gary Vee's going to die 20 years sooner than all of us. I agree. Like, Gary, yeah. get some sleep, bro, and take those K-Swiss <laughs> off your feet. Yeah. Um, you know, all of that stuff, that, like, yeah. grind yourself until your fucking eyes bleed. Yeah, I hate that. It, it's, it's not the way. It's optional. I just don't get it, man. Yeah. Like, I don't... And again, if anyone that reads Essentialism by Greg McEwen, if you need to do that much work, you're spread too thin. Yeah. 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 Don't focus on the trivial many. Focus yeah. on the vital few. Yeah. Does the vital few include being a fantastic brother, son, father? Does the, fa the vital few consist of being uh, an amazing member of your community mm. or being um, a, a supportive uh, team member within your sports team? Yeah. Or is it maximizing value for your shareholders, maximizing value for your returns in terms of your business, whatever yeah. it might be, right? Yeah. Like all of those things. If you have to spread yourself so thin that you're fucking working until your eyes bleed, yeah. like get rid of something. Yeah. Because you're not showing up in the way that you need to yeah. in order to- That's kind of like what we did with this podcast. I was like, I'm not going to pull more stuff on my plate just for the sake of people keep saying, when you're going to do a podcast and I kind of wanted to do one. <clears throat> if I was going to do it, I was going to do it properly. Because I, because I enjoy doing this the same as you. I love having a conversation. I love learning shit, which is what's great about having a podcast, right? You get asked selfish questions, so much. Right? You shoot the shit. You get a, you get to have a bit of banter, but it's like I could have chosen to do more shit that I don't like. So today, the reason we're doing it on Tuesday is because this is in this office. This is a tired Tuesday. So on a Monday, all I do is talk. Mm. So I do coaching calls, mentoring calls, trainings for like ten hours straight on Zoom, right? But I love it. But on Tuesday, I come in tired and I'm a bit of a cunt on a Tuesday. <laughs> so then one week, I got interviewed on, on a podcast and I had loads of fun. I was like, oh, what is So on a Tuesday, I'd normally write emails, write sales copy, look at Facebook ads, have team meetings, maybe write some PowerPoint slides, which is me. I fucking hate doing PowerPoint Not really revitalizing slides. yourself nah, after a difficult nah. day on a Monday. So what we do now is this is now called... Catherine wants to call it Chatty Tuesday, but that doesn't fit my Chatty Tuesday. It's not for me, that. No, that's a so bit we've got a So yeah. we've got a Talk Shit Tuesday. Talk Shit Tuesday. So, so I totally get that. And like now, I'm in this position that I've created. There'll be some people that think, oh, well, it's luck. It's not fucking luck. You create, you kind of, you have a life where you do actually get to choose what you want to do a lot of the time. So you're in this position now where almost all of your work is shit that you enjoy doing which is a fucking, and I'm sure sometimes you have to eat shit, right? All the time. Like in your business, yeah, 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 in a business, sure. you can't do, you can't always be doing the thing that you love. But now I've created a business in a place where 
Dean Jackson, you know Dean Jackson? Yeah. The Isle of Marketing podcast with Joe Polish. Well, Dean Jackson's a super smart marketer. Um, and he said to me, he said, Paul, you need to be like a, what's called a self-milking cow. Which basically... I imagine you've done I, that a fair bit. Yeah, exactly. I milk myself all the time. So basically said, you produce a lot of milk, i.e. you talk, and you ex you are able to produce content. You know when you were saying you you'd, you were, you found yourself doing too much content? That's what I feel like when people struggle for content. I might have got to hold back. And and he said, what you need, Paul, is somebody that'll turn your milk into whey protein, cheese, yogurt, butter. And that's essentially what we're creating right now. It's the Tim Ferriss model, right? You... Do a podcast. Yeah. From the podcast becomes a newsletter. From the podcast also becomes a book, Tools yeah. of Titans. Now he's gone oh, one step further yeah. and he's turned Tools of Titans back into a podcast. So he's now done... Oh, a, he's repeating that content again. So he's gone back from the thing. <laughs> but imagine, think about the way that knowledge works, right? You have someone that goes and does a scientific study. It takes fucking forever. It yeah. takes years, longitudinal studies, 10 years yes. that condenses down into a paper. But you don't even really need to read the paper. Yeah. You just need to speak to the person that did the research. Yeah. They'll condense that down. And you're like, fucking hell. So I have this four-sentence, three-sentence synopsis of five years. Yeah. It's like the reverse of compounding interest, right? You, you yeah. gradually get more and more um, yes. undiluted. It yes. becomes more neat, right? Yes. More concentrated. Yeah. And then at the end, you've got this fucking weapons-grade, pharmaceutical-grade knowledge that was due to this fucking universe yeah. of stuff that's happened. Yeah. Like, allow yourself to be the conduit for that to happen. Another thing you, you mentioned just there that I thought was really interesting was where you said um, uh, people might accuse you of being lucky. Yeah. It's like to everyone that looks at anyone who's successful yeah. and disciplined and thinks that it's due to luck, yeah. ask yourself this question. Is it more likely that they became successful and then became disciplined or mm. that they became disciplined and then became successful? Mm. Mm. I get this in a, in a sense from a lot of my friendship group. So they always go to us, oh, you've got an amazing job. Your job's amazing. It's sick. You're lucky. <laughs> you and couldn't I, handle a fucking day in here. And I'm like, you, I, t I took a big risk when I was, just leaving my job and starting my own. But would you have ever employed me if I hadn't had more? So Mac, before you started, Chris, was a, a, a plater. So basically, that, I used to basically hit things with metal. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was on a line, on a factory line, doing the same thing all day, every day. Got you. And he'd never worked in an office before. So I took a risk, you took a risk. Yeah. And yeah, it would, it would, would you have ever? If, if, if I hadn't started my own business. So basically, I gave Mac the job because he said to me once, we're training in there, he said, Paul, you got time for a coffee? And I was like, well, not really, but let's have one anyway because I like you. <laughs> and I don't want you to beat me up. <laughs> and and I said, yeah, I'll have a coffee. And he said, I've got this thing that I'm doing, right? And he said, I have this business where it's an Amazon dropshipping business. And I, I've got it. It was a slime making kit. Right? And it just so happens, my kids are both into slime. Okay. You know, slime. So Are any kids not into slime? Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. All my friends as well, they're like, fucking slime. And I'm that's like, I leave my ego at the door. Yeah. If yeah. it makes money, it makes money. Yeah, exactly. And it's not much work. And I said, you know what? You can't, what Mac had, he was only 21. I said to my wife, I said, what Mac's got, you can't. He reminded us of me. Like when you, If you're an entrepreneur, you're a fucking entrepreneur. 21, from where we're from, being able to set that business up on his own, just watching fucking videos and then shipping this product in from China to Amazon and then setting up this Amazon account where people are buying it. He's doing okay. That's unreal, man. Put it this way, before I offered him the job, I offered him, I went to go, I tried to go in on his business with him. And he's like, no. Motherfucker. I was like, I've got to give him the job. <laughs> Motherfucker. But yeah, he took a risk and all his friends looked at it like, yeah. Yeah, the, like, because we posted something yesterday, um, it was, the, it was a certified hustler one, actually. Was someone, it? Someone went, Matt, you've got such a good job. And I'm like, you're lucky. And I'm like, it's not luck. 
like I've put in a lot of hard work prior to this, which obviously you probably haven't seen. And it, yeah, they just it, it's it's kind of what you and James were talking about the other day. People don't see the like they don't see the behind the stage. Dude, it takes ten years to become an overnight success. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so here's here's something. It's a, a cool little sort of thought experiment for everyone that's at home, and for you guys. I'll ask you actually. Yeah. Um, the two most important personality traits, as far as I'm concerned, in the 21st century are high agency and curiosity. So high agency is quite a difficult term to define. It's basically the ability to think laterally, upward mobility to overcome your own inertia. And the way to work out which of your friends has the most high agency in the world is this thought experiment. So, Paul, you are in a jail, Panama City, okay. right? Proper. What have I been arrested for? It doesn't matter. What about info? D- doesn't matter. Might be wrongful arrest. Could be anything, <laughs> right? But you are you exposure, are, mate. You are fucked. Like this is it's that it's proper prison break bullshit, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. like there's just like some fucking mob boss that's running the whole thing, and there's like that. Yeah. You've got 24 hours, mm-hmm. and you have to ring someone who's going to come and help you break out. Mm-hmm. Who'd you ring? Ooh, that's a great question. That's a great question. One of my associates. One of my people that I already know. Someone's number. Who, someone whose number I've who'd got. Doesn't matter. You can access anyone on the planet that you know. Who are you going to ring? Forget the fact that they need to travel there. Like, who are you going to ring? Matt will be up there. Matt will find a solution. Why? Um, because I've seen him operate. I've seen him deal with stress. I've seen him beat people up. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him put people to sleep. Yeah. Um, I felt him put people, put, almost put me, you almost put me to sleep the other day, remember? Mm. Wrapped his legs around my head and squeezed. <laughs> honestly, and that, was, that was before was we like, even got onto the mat. No, oh, but honestly, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> honestly, my head, I was like, he's not going to tap me here. And then I'm like, almost <laughs> went out. Anyway, so Matt would be up there. My wife would probably be up there. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I've seen, well, because she's had to deal with fucking worse, Paul Maud. This is a really interesting question. It I'm, is. Because like what I'm trying to do now is figure out why? Why you're asking the question? So the the point is, whoever you find, whoever you choose yeah. for that, and you know, think about it. If you're listening, like think think about who that would be in your life. Yeah. That person will be able to think laterally. They'll be able to. They'll be self sufficient. They will um, take responsibility, radical responsibility for all of the actions that they have in their life. Yes. Right. There is nothing in a world which is a meritocracy, which we have now, which is that you are able to do the things that you need to do and your successes are yours to bear and your losses are yours to bear. In a world that's a meritocracy, there is nothing more important than being able to own your shit, right? That sounds like the sort of thing that's on the front of one of your boots. Yeah, just, that, sounds, um, that sounds more like one of my sayings. So, but like being, yeah. able to, being able to take radical responsibility for everything that you do, yeah. like that's what high agency is. Mm. Like it is the personality trait yeah. for the 21st century. Yes. Overcome your own inertia. Get out of your own way. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I love it. What was the second one there? So at a high agency and then... Curiosity. Curiosity. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think that's just conversations, isn't it? Being curious to learn and everything. Be, and, and I think curiosity for me is being willing to be wrong. Being willing to be rejected. Very much so be, about the being wrong yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more than willing. And I never used to be. I was a stubborn fuck. That's my way of the highway. Now I'm willing to be wrong. I'm almost willing to be called out sometimes. I'm sure we're going to get on this subject because I like to talk about this with everybody about criticism and social media and handling shit and basically people talking shit. And I think I'm willing for people to talk shit about me. Like I'm almost willing. What can I, what can I, what am I going to learn from this? I think that's what curiosity is as well, right? Very it's it's so. got to be something to do with learning. So it kind of similar to 
earlier on when we talked about um, it's difficult to be grateful and angry at the same time. Yeah. It's very difficult to be curious and have your ego hurt at the same time. Yes. Right? So really Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle in The Power of Now, he talks about the fact that um, the reason when you're having a conversation with someone, they're wrong. You know they're wrong. The fact that you have completely refutes the fact or whatever they're saying, you tell them and they dig their heels in further. And you're yeah. like, what's going on here? But I'm slapping what you in you the face. What did you not get about this? I'm slapping you in the face with yeah. just raw fact. Yeah. And you seem to be immune. Like, yeah. congratulations, you've inoculated yourself to the real world. You should call Karen. Right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry to all the Karens out there. What a <laughs> terrible Karen. time to be called <laughs> Karen. Um, so you're doing that. Why is it that people do that? And it's because evolutionarily we're wired to hate being proved wrong. That would have been us being ostracized by the tribe. It would have meant yes. that we, were, we went down in the pecking order. So that's kind of like the genetic heritage of it. But closer to that, the way that it manifests in your brain is that it feels tantamount to destruction. Mm. Accepting the fact that you are wrong feels like ego death. It feels like, yes. oh my God. Yes. If I'm wrong about whether Nile Ranger played for Newcastle for three years or four years, maybe I'm not worth anything. Wait, where did you pull Nile Ranger from, by the way? I, it was the only Newcastle like, <laughs> fact that I have. I don't care about football. It's amazing, so. Nile Rangers. I'm sure he's like retired or something now. Hey, Nile. Yeah, talking about Panama jails, he's probably been in one of Probably has yeah, indeed, he's a, yeah. he's a loose cannon. Um, let's talk about the criticism stuff. In the yeah, let's talk about the criticism stuff. So first up, I said I wasn't going to talk about how the fuck did you end up on Love Island? I'll do anything for a free holiday. <laughs> I told you before. So I did, I did take me out. Did you do the start? Was it the, one of the first ones? That I you was did? the first person through the door of season one. No fucking really? way. First person Holy that stepped shit, into the villa, man. Dude. Yeah. So me and Josh Ritchie, I was on with Jonathan Clark, Max Morley. Yeah. Um, and I did take me out. Yeah. I, basically I did anything for notoriety. Yes. Um, I didn't understand. I, I, it's only been this year that I've got a funnel of any kind. Really? Right, any kind. Yeah. So I wasn't marketing myself, but I understood what clout was. I understood what notoriety yes. was. The problem was that I was just monetizing it in such a weak and um, spatially confined way by being the front of a fucking club promo company. Yes. Like there is 7 billion people on the planet and 1 million of them are in Newcastle. <laughs> and I was deciding to monetize off the back of the one, the percentage of the 1 million that knew me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I understood yeah. what clout was. Yeah. I just thought this would be a cool, interesting experience. Yeah. And um. I'm not equating the two, right? Yeah. There's very few things that you can do that are left to do on this planet that only a couple of hundred people have done. So fewer people have been on Love Island than have climbed Everest. Now, I'm not equating the two. <laughs> I promise you that I'm not. <laughs> but and one yes, sounds like suffering, funny enough. I, I know. I don't and, know which one it is. Like. <laughs> it was so boring, man. And, and, and yet, there's not many things that you can do that very few people have done. Yeah. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do it. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. Um, and I'm then- the first. The first one, number numero. Dude, that's amazing. Uno. I didn't know that. That's it crazy. Fun. It was fun, man. Yeah, yeah. So that was that. Um, and yeah, it, it, an interesting thing of that. Like not many people, uh, when everyone says, so what did you get? What was it like being on Love Island? They don't mean what was the experience like? They mean how many birds did you shag once you came <laughs> off? That's what they mean. How long did it take to get your blue tick? How many DMs did you get from like thirsty 19 year olds? Yeah. Like that's the question that they're asking. Yeah. Feel free to answer any of those questions. <laughs> yeah, bro, so <laughs> the, the, the thing that I found that was really, really interesting was I got delivered this fatal dose of contrast between the party boy, big dick around town that I was or that I thought I was yes. and the people that were on the show. People like Jonathan Clark, who's now on TOWIE, who yeah. has just got bottomless charisma, yeah. endless extroversion. Yeah. And I got to spend time one-on-one, -on -one, undiluted, 24 hours a day. And it was like... Um, 
you being the hardest kid in your school then getting put into an MMA gym. Yeah. And you're like, you think that you're good at what you do. Yes. You don't even have the fucking first Dude, this happens idea. to Dorman quite a lot. Does Dorman come in and don't come I'm back? I'm just fuck me. Yeah, they don't come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Off some little fucking dork. Yeah. Some little nerd fucking chokes yeah. them out. He like, watches YouTube videos of BJJ that's exactly sequences <laughs> every night. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly it. <laughs> that's also what I do every night now. Good man. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, long story short was that that made me realize that there was a misalignment between who I was being and what made me happy. Do you know what I find fascinating about this? You learned something that I'm sure a lot of people haven't learned. Like you've gone in there and got something that I bet a lot of people haven't well, Most got. people, I, I'm going to guess, most of the other contestants on Love Island didn't have an existential crisis because they went on. Like for yes, the best. I agree. For the best probably. But, I agree. Um, it was something that catapulted me toward where I am now. So yeah. I started listening to people like Sam Harris, Jordan yeah. Peterson, Joe Rogan, yeah. uh, Ben Shapiro. Uh, started reading stuff like Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Like, and the end result of that has been me feeling much more in alignment with what it is that I like. Yeah. I realized that I was embarrassed of the fact that I was nerdy. Like I was embarrassed of the fact- Why that, you? Oh, wildly so. So I sat down first ever day, first night in yeah. the villa. And I sat next to one of the girls and she pointed at a tree a little way away and made some comment about the tree. And I, I knew what she was talking about. I can't remember what it was. I was like, oh, it's because of the Coriolis effect of the earth or something like the way that the earth spins. And I'm just yeah. like, and she turned and went, oh, that's really interesting. Can you say some more interesting things? Oh, that's really clever. Can you say some more clever things? And I remember oh, shit, feeling, yeah. I remember feeling the sensation burble up inside of me. And I went like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not the you that you are. Like, that's not, you're, you're really? not supposed to be nerdy, Chris. You're supposed to be like, outgoing yeah, big yeah. dick around town yeah. you're that guy and i'd done that for so long that i'd forgotten who i was yeah. so i didn't have if you asked me do you like that band i'd go like yes <laughs> like because yes. i'd want to answer the question that you that i'd give you the answer yes. that you wanted yes um and if you do that for long enough again this is this puritan work ethic i'm just yeah. working for blah, blah 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 if you do that for long enough you can genuinely lose yourself and yeah. it's a, a real battle to yeah. get back because yeah. introspective work is a fucking ugly business. Yeah. For every one rock that you turn over that's clean underneath, yeah. there's 19 that are filthy and have something terrifying hiding below it that you yeah. never want to see. Yeah. Oh my God, I haven't learned, I have to accept the fact that I did a master's at uni, I did bachelor's and then a master's at university, yeah. but I never learned a thing from the age of about 16 yeah. until I was about 27 when yeah. I left Love Island. Yeah. And I started to then genuinely indulge myself in uh, creating knowledge and wisdom and, uh, and starting to understand how to operate effectively in the yeah. world. I'm like, I've wasted 27 years of my life. I'm now starting at birth now. Yeah. Um, so bizarrely, the Love Island thing was a real blessing in a way that I really didn't expect it to be. It's a that, I didn't expect to hear that either. No. Did you? No. No. That's crazy, bro. I, know, I fucking love yeah. it. I love it. So then I know that you've been, you've, you've lived in a few other countries as well, right? I traveled a lot. Oh, you traveled, tra a, traveled lot. a lot. So I've never left Newcastle, man. I've been uh, spatially attached to Newcastle because of my business yeah. for a long time. Um, but I, I like to travel. Like yeah. Last year I visited, I think, maybe 12 countries. Yeah. Um, are you recording when you're on travel? Are you going to start doing that? Or uh, So I, I was last year. Oh, Obviously, I've only had two years of, of um, examples yeah. of, of yeah. this happening. But yeah, I was recording when I was in Hawaii. I was like trying to work out the cause it's the last time zone on earth. So I'm like recording with people that are, S seven hours behind tomorrow 
So I'm recording on a Friday and Friday oh, night, shit. and for, okay, yeah. for them it's like a fucking Tuesday yeah. morning or some shit. So Dude, we haven't made the commitment of what day the podcast is going to come out on yet. Uh, In fact, we haven't even made the commitment of when we're going to launch yet. I just keep on building it up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I love traveling. It's been challenging during lockdown, although I've been able to work a lot. Yeah. Everyone that's listening may have felt this. Like you can adapt and overcome as much as you want but yeah. there are certain kind of immutable things that you like in life like training in a gym with other people yes. like being able to go out for dinner and not have to make your own coffee all the time like <laughs> even that like that sounds so daft <laughs> i just wanted to have a latte made by costa yeah anyone yeah i didn't care I just, even just be able to work somewhere different as I well i didn't right? want to have to fucking do it myself so yeah that was that was an interesting thing yeah but um i never really faced going back to the criticism thing i never really faced um a ton of criticism from the show yeah i think the first season was like orders of magnitude smaller than the second, yes. which was orders of like it keeps on bigger and bigger yes. and bigger, right? Yeah. So, um, it was so you never really got a lot of the, the bullshit that a lot of the guys have to put up with now. And thankfully not. Um, yeah. But you were saying earlier on, you were talking about how um, people people criticize you and uh, yeah. uh, uh, and say certain things like, yeah. If you are the sort of person who puts yourself out there, yeah. like you are, like people yeah. that are listening might be, if you start to create content and you start to do something, yeah. You have to remember that it is significantly better to be on the stadium floor getting trampled oh, than being in the stands watching. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing. Yeah. You're yeah. playing the game. Playing you the are out game. on the field. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you want to be playing on the field and getting trampled to fuck day in, day out? Yeah. Or do you want to be in the stands watching? Because that is that is the distinction between the two. People can look at James Smith as a, a, a good example. Yeah. And hear the stories about like I did a live stream every day to three people for four years. Yeah. Like, okay, mate, yeah, but now you've got like loads and loads of people. It's yes. like, okay. James has said himself, he's not particularly spectacular in anything other than his consistency. Yeah, his consistency is what's changed. Yeah, same thing goes for my podcast. Yeah, um, I did more plays last week than I did in all of 2018. Holy shit! Really. We did more subs in the last 90 days than we did in the entirety of the show up until now. Wow, shit. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. And you have to put up with the shit at the start. You have to concede that your first 50 podcasts are yeah. going to suck dick, except for yours. This is lovely. <laughs> um, this is lovely. That's a, mate, what a description. <laughs> How did the show with Paul Moore go? It was lovely. It was lovely. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a very pleasant experience. Um, but you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you have to put up, you have to put up with being shit at some time. And this well, is jujitsu is such a good example as well of that man. Like honestly, fucking hell! I used to just come out and say, "Fuck, why in the fuck am I bothering this? <laughs> I've just got fucking mullered for an hour. Literally, literally made to feel like a bitch. Thrown around like a fucking empty tracksuit would be the fucking biggest description of it. And that still happens now. Sometimes we had a guy come, a guy came and trained with us last week, a purple belt, and honestly. I felt like sometimes I throw my kids around that bedroom. Like I throw them on the bed like WWE. That's what he was doing. That's what I felt like. I, I'm a fucking forty year old man. Do you know what I mean? Getting literally so why butchered. Part of me likes that. Part of me's like, well, okay, I got butchered. What do I have to do to get better? It's like, do you know? They, I say this all the time about. Do you know when we've got this big? When I ask people what their problems are, which I do a lot of, like, what's your biggest challenge right now? What are some of the emotions that you don't like? So I might post that on social media, or the ask a question thing which seems to be the only way that I can produce content on Instagram. I don't know if you've noticed. My Instagram stories are so shit. That all I ever do is do the ask a question thing. I, but one thing that I get asked all the time, one people that people struggle with is like, they think I'm not good enough. I have this feeling of never being good enough. And I'm like that. But all you have to do is reframe that. 
Like, I like that. I think it's exciting. What, a, what is good enough? Good enough for what? How will I know I'm good enough? And guess what? How do I, like, what do I need to get better at? I, I think that's exciting. So do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I'm anywhere near good enough to uh, jujitsu, but I like that because I'm like, well, now I get to think about, well, okay, how do I get better? Mm. Do, I, do I need to get fitter? Do I need to get stronger? Do I need to lift fucking weights? I hope not. <laughs> do I need to learn? Do I need to learn how to strangle people? Do I need to learn how to defend that choke or defend that arm ball? Like I find that exciting. So I'm okay with not being. I'm okay with not being good enough at podcasting yet. People, like, I'm like, if you listen to this in a year's time, I'm, if I'm not better, it. if I'm not better, I'll I'll be very disappointed. Dude, people, people listen to my show now. We're on episode like 210. Yeah, and someone will say, "Hey, man." I, I, one of my friends suggested that I start listening to your podcast. I'm going to start on episode one later. Are you like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> fucking do not. Do not do that. Do yeah, not. Yeah. So, uh, because you you have this growth, right? Yeah. Here's something interesting. This was my first ever newsletter, actually, which was inspired by my time that I spent um, with James and Sonny and Dirren. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you've launched this email list. Why the fuck are you not using it? I saw that you posted something about this yesterday. It's yeah. like having a big dick and never fucking anyone. Uh, <laughs> So I, uh, I was like, right, I'm going to put this one out. And the Dude, first- I've had to force all them to write emails anyway. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you think you're not better than me. <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not better than me. Come at me. Anyway, um, so my first email last week was exactly about what you're talking about, right? So it's talking about the fact that um, if you wait until you're ready, you're going to be waiting forever. Yes. But a, a, a better nuance of that is the fact that the reason people procrastinate is because of fear, Yeah. right? They don't want to put something out into the real world and for it to be told that it's shit yeah. or for them to realize that it's shit. Because yes. for as long as it stays in their head, they don't actually have to face failure. Yeah. So. You know what's great though? I have this theory that they're actually failing anyway. They're failing in private. So it's the dude, fear of the public failure, right? Procrastinating is inoculating yourself from failure publicly yeah. by certifying your failure privately. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So you jump and you learn. To I fly love the, the certification down. thing because essentially that fear is a thought. It's not even a real fear. It's a bit of discomfort. But then you behave as a result of that fear, and then you get a result as a result of that behavior, and that backs up your well, original the, thought. The, the bizarre thing is that people don't want to fail so bad that they're pre prepared to not do the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's an opportunity cost to this as well. So an, an analogy here would be. Um, you're at school or college or whatever, and you've got this girl that you really, really like fancy. So what you're going to do is you know that you like her, but you don't have the courage to go and speak to her. Yes. So what you're going to do is you're going to obsess from a distance mm -hmm. um, for the next six months. That girl could be a total bitch. Mm -hmm. She might have fucking horrible breath. You might be <laughs> completely incompatible, but until you decide that you're going to match reality with what you believe yes. and actually have the courage to go and do the thing, mm. you're going to have a sunk cost obsessing about that girl. You could go and speak to her today, find out that she's a bitch and move on to someone that could genuinely make you happy. Yeah. You could think for, there'll be, I remember when I was 14, I was adamant I was gonna learn to dance because I knew that if I could like cool dance yeah. when I was a bit older and I went into nightclubs, that'd yeah. be brilliant. Yeah. 32 years old, still can't dance. Still doing the running man. Like, <laughs> I, mean? I wish, I don't even have the rhythm for that. Dude. But my, my, my point is like that you have a sunk cost yeah. that is the, the time taken call, up. In my book, I call that the dummy tax. It's like the dummy tax. You've got to pay it at some point. Yes. Or, the, or actually someone asked me this the other day, how come your course is more expensive now? Because it's better. How come you put the price up? Because I wanted to. I mean, it's called the pussy tax. You didn't take action the first time. Now you're paying more now. Well, you know what I mean? So, man. Call Very it the pussy so. tax. I'm like, you, you don't, like, 
you should have. I told you that I was going to put the price up. You didn't do anything. Now you complain that I did. You procrastinated. So what are your what are you, what are your um? I mean, I know I've got several tips for dealing with procrastination, but what are your what are your go tos if somebody asks you, listen, I've got this procrastination thing. So what I had should, what I should had, I do? Uh, go to episode hundred and I think it's ninety seven. Uh, Peter Ludwig, the owner of procrastination.com, one of the, the foremost intellect on procrastination in the world, came on. Um, so it's a three-step process. First thing, the, the first reason that you're procrastinating is that you have a poorly defined next action. You don't know what you need to do. Yeah. Vague. Yeah. yeah. So what is the next physical action that you need to do that moves you toward your goal? You know what's amazing about that? I love that because it's like people make things too big. Like when I wrote that book, I fucking hated it. I hated every step of writing that book. I felt like I was locked in fucking Fritzl's basement. It was just horrific. But the problem that I had with it was that the goal, the next step was write a book. I mean, how big's that? Yeah. Like I didn't know where to fucking start. I didn't have a table of contents. I didn't have a fucking, I didn't have a plan. So my, my, the next step was write a book. So it's no wonder I'm gonna fucking procrastinate on it. Dude, if I gave you enough time, yeah. you could walk to Mars. All that Mars is, is one step in yeah. front of the other. Yeah. yeah, But walking to Mars sounds real hard. Yeah, But putting one foot, foot in front of the other isn't. Yeah. Um, another book that you should pick up is Stephen Pressfield's The War of oh, Art. Oh, dude, it's amazing. It's amazing. So he's coming on the show. Um, oh, is he? Yeah. So dude, that is about, a fucking score. Uh, I've got Seth Godin coming on. Do you know Seth? Dude, holy shit, yeah. I've got First Ryan, marketing book I ever read was The Purple Cow. Ryan Holiday also coming on. Oh, bro. I know, killing it at the moment. Um, So what subscribe, to, link in show I notes know, below. What I need to know about Chris is I want to see his pitch. Uh, no, I know. It's, a, it's, a, it's an unsolicited DM. Um, <laughs> it's a dick pic. Um, so uh, first thing, first thing is you've got a poorly defined next action. Yes. What is the next physical action? So uh, I've suffered with depression like a fair bit throughout my life, mm-hmm. um, and one of the things that is really, really useful for depression is this as well. So you think I, I need to get up, I need to do a thing, but you're in bed, you've been in bed for the last couple of days, yeah. and you haven't opened the curtains. You've got up to have a drink of water, like give an excuse to your housemate, and then go back to bed. Yeah. So. The best thing to do is go, right, okay, I need to get out of bed. I need to have a shower because I know the shower will make me feel better. I need to go for a walk. Yes. But before I do that, I need to get out of bed. Okay, but before I do that, I need to, like, take my eye mask off and then pull the covers off me and then turn yeah. to the side and then... If you break anything down into its component parts, it's easy enough. Yeah. So procrastination, first thing, define your next action. What is the next physical action that you yeah. need to do? Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, he says... Every writer knows that writing isn't the hard part. It's sitting down to write. So sit down at your seat. Open your laptop. The number yeah. of lads that work for me, we've got 500 staff every year that work for us. The number of lads that will come and sit in the office and say, um, dude, I was in the library for like forever yesterday. Uh, I still haven't got any, any more work done in this essay. I'm like, have you made the document that you're going to write it Just in? Just a blank document. Have you done that? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So, uh, poorly defined next action. Yeah. Uh, second thing is that you have a misalignment between your skills that are required and the skills that you have. So this is, you don't know what to do is the first one. Yeah. You don't know how to do it yeah. is the second one. Yeah. So you need to ask someone. You need to Google it. You need to ring a friend. You need to do whatever. Like you can't do a thing that you don't know how to do yeah. by definition. Yeah. So you need to come up with a solution for that. Yeah. You need to do your research. Yeah. That can also be pulled back into part of the next action. The third one, which is a little bit more sort of esoteric and a bit more challenging to overcome, yeah. is that what you have to do does not align with what you want to do. So what you have to do is fucking file yet another email yeah. to a customer that's complained about your boss's shit product. Yeah. So you have to eat shit. Um, if you 
if you don't fully believe in what your boss is doing, in the movement of what you're doing, you're always going to continue procrastinating because you don't yes. have any momentum to overcome it. Yeah. But those are the three things. If you do those three things, if you ensure that what you're doing is aligned with what you want, that you have the skills that you need and that your next action is clearly defined, mm. the only thing left to do is to sit down yeah. and do the thing or stand up and do the thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the secret of productivity. Yeah. I love it, bro. Let's talk about depression then. Cool. What are your challenges with, with this thing? When did that first happen? Have you gotten out of it? How do you keep it? I mean, listen, I could have talked about this for the full fucking time. What I was saying is with Paul, um, I asked because I wouldn't, I've had my ups and downs, but I wouldn't say I've ever experienced depression. Like I know you were saying um, stuck in a room and what, what, if you could put it into words, how would you describe it? It feels, it feels like drowning in thoughts. Mm. Mm. He said, Paul mentioned. Said almost exactly the same thing. Drowning in a sea of negative thoughts. Just like, the sheer weight of existence is so great mm. that you can't stand up. Yeah. Um, and it manifests in different ways for different people. For me, it's isolation. Uh, I think for most people it's isolation to be fair, but yeah. I, I'll tend to sort of keep myself away from people. I'll um, stay in my room. I'll not bother to get up. I'll not bother to do things. Uh, I'll make excuses. Again, this is the challenge of being your own boss. Yeah. Yeah. That when you don't have someone else mm. to come in and tell you whether you should or shouldn't do yeah. something, you're not accountable. Yeah. Um, this is why routine and structure is so important for many yeah. people. And you see these people that go to the army, they spend 10 years in the army, yeah. have a wonderful life, have a wonderful structure routine, come yeah. out, start civvy life, and they're fucked. Yeah. Because they've always had this externalized routine, accountability yeah. of routine. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's how it manifests. That's how it feels. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, um, yeah, don't go looking. Just yeah, don't exactly. go. Experiment. I'll have a crack at that. No. Um, so, in terms of in terms of ways to to combat it, man, like when the when the black dog sort of decides to arrive, yeah. it's it's a bit of a bitch to get rid of. But some of the things that I've found that are really really effective, or at least have been effective for me, are to stick to sort of a, a bunch of basics that you will understand. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk, have a big drink of water, mm-hmm. have a shower, ring a friend, and have some fruit. Like if you do those five things, I challenge you to not feel better yeah. afterward. Now you but still see, might feel. That shower's like, cold a bit as well. Yes, I love that precisely. shit. We love that shit. But in unstoppable, we love that. The yeah. problem is, and this is what's difficult for perhaps like yourself, man. Like if you don't know what depression feels like and you've never suffered with it yourself, mm-hmm. like for me to say that the sheer act of getting out of bed will take so much effort that I can't do it, mm. it feels like. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah. Like it's what what you would so it, and this is the the challenge, right? That we need to have more empathy towards toward this situation. Um but that I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this man. So the um uh, it's okay to talk campaign, which yeah. is part of mental health awareness week in the UK. Yeah. I really had a problem with that. I so do as well. I felt I felt very uncomfortable when it came out. Yeah. I didn't like it. Um I I just, I I had a real problem. I couldn't work out what the problem was. I had Johan Hari, author of Lost Connections on the show. And I realized what my problem was when I was speaking to him. Uh, And my challenge was that simply identifying that mental health is a problem, which is okay to be talked about, feels like a bar that is set so fucking low that it shouldn't even need to be said. Then they had the Ask Twice campaign, which was this year's. Did you see that? that. Okay, so it was ask your friend if they're okay, if they're like acting out and then ask again. Like, okay, cool. Is that really the best that we can do? Yeah. Like, re- it's not. Is it's not. for the mental health charities out there? Why has no one ever said the difference in terms of sensation that you will get before and after having a cold shower? Yeah. 
that. Before and after having yeah. a big glass of cold water. Yeah. Before oh, and after oh. going for a walk in the sunshine. Yeah. Like, ask twice. Like, come But the on. thing is, we spoke to Tyson Fury about this because obviously he, he ended up speaking. And I said, I just asked him a question. I said, is talking enough? Because I don't believe it is. It's a fucking start. But we watched it. Um, we watched a TV show. It was called Harry's Heroes. It was all ex-footballers. Um, I've actually spoke on the stage with two of them. Or one, sorry, one of them. The other one was supposed to be this Saturday, actually, but it's been cancelled, obviously. And these guys, they did the talking therapy, then they went on a piss. <laughs> I'm like, lads, you've just completely defeated the talking object because, like, it's not enough. And the challenge is that men have with talking. Once not enough, it's all going to be about action. It's a start. But the challenge that men have, they don't know what to fucking say. I mean, what the fuck are you supposed to say? They're worried in case the person who they're going to speak to doesn't know how to handle it. They're worried in case the person that they're going to speak to is going to call them a fucking pussy and tell them to get a grip which is something that I get every single day of the week without a sh Every single day, I either get jump off the cliff, you should jump, or um, get a grip or some kind of man up or stop crying, you fucking baby, something like that. But this the is, so, so to interject there, sorry, yeah. like to the people that think that that's the sort of acceptable language to yeah. use on the internet, yeah. I promise you that in five years' time, all that you'll be known for is the guy that once messaged Paul Mort yeah. saying <laughs> jump off a cliff. Yeah. Like, there are people that sit in the stands and there are people that get yeah. trampled someone, in the stadium. Someone, though, will... I, I don't mind getting it, but someone would do that. Like, imagine someone... Someone that was doing that would have... Like, there'll be someone that actually takes that fucking advice. Literally, that's why... That's why I try not to get triggered by it. But at the same time, what the fuck is your problem? But going back to the... Going back to the... Um, Going back to the thing, that phone keeps uh, interrupting me. It's got me head fucking battered. You're very, very, very excitable. Where was I? Chris can remember where was I because he's done so many podcasts. You were talking about being on stage with the oh, footballers. And, and, and the, talk, the talking thing. So the talking thing is, is, is not enough because we worry about what do I say? What if they can't handle it? What if they come back to me with something else? And, and it, I suppose the challenge that you've already got, you've always got for a lot of men who are married, for example, which is a typical guy that I would work with, is they already feel like a burden and they probably are already a burden because they've probably already done a bunch of fucked up shit. They've probably snorted a load of coke, treat their wife like shit, maybe cheated on her, maybe go missing for fucking three days at a time, like I did. So you've got all that challenge and, and I think that, listen, here's the fucking harsh reality. No one's going to come and fucking save you. No one is going to come and do it for you. So talking may be a start. It may temporarily make you feel better, but it's not even fucking close to being enough. And that person who you're telling it is certainly not going to save you. I get shit all the time because I don't reply to every DM. I'm like, I can't reply to every DM. And even if I did, there's fucking 300 videos on my page. I've wrote a book that's fucking eight quid. I've fucking done hundreds of podcast interviews. Like, I can't save you. I can't save you. You have to do the work. And you can find that work, any of the work, something, anything that'll make you feel better, you can find them on those 300 fucking videos. So talking... Maybe it is a thing, but it's not even close to being enough. So the challenge, I think, that a lot of people have, especially when they get into depressive cycles, yeah. is that they lose faith in their own word. Yeah. Like, having faith that the promises you make to yourself are going to be fulfilled yeah. is one of the basic requirements you need to be an effective human. Yeah. If you say that you're going, if you say tonight I'm going to get up at 7 a.m., but you don't believe that you're going to do it, yeah. like, why even say it? Mm. And that backwards mentality is yeah. where you start to become self-defeated. Yeah, yeah. If you had a friend who you kept on inviting to coffee and you said, right, we'll be there at two o'clock and then they arrived at half four and then sometimes didn't even show up, yeah. you wouldn't trust them anymore. Mm. And then you'd stop inviting them out for coffee. Yeah. Mm. 
be a friend to yourself. You have to treat yourself like you're someone that you're responsible for helping. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Think about when you say like, I hate myself. I just want to love myself. I'm like, listen, for me, that self-love thing, I don't necessarily even think it's a feeling. I think it's a fucking action. Give yourself a reason to love you. Yeah, you've got to show yourself that you love yourself. So uh, if anyone wants an easy read, um, Kamal Ravikant, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. It's... 80 pages. It'll he take hasn't you. read many books, Chris, by the way. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> Just people, people ask. They want to know. I next, love it. Next, next lead magnet is 50 books you should uh, read before you die. Um, yeah. I love it. Uh, fantastic book on that. But man, you've hit the nail on the head there. The fact that like people who, people who don't have trust and, and faith in their own word, yeah. you, are, you are immediately going to be self-defeating. So like, what is the smallest promise that you can make to yourself? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have a glass of water now. Remember what we said, break everything down, component parts, what's the smallest action you can take? Begin to expand that domain of competence. Yeah. And here's, the, here's like the way to think about it, right? In an aircraft malfunction, the oxygen masks come down. The instruction is put your own mask on yeah. before you try to help others. Yeah. And the reason is if you are suffocating, you are of no use to the people that are mm-hmm. around you and they need you more than you can believe. Yeah. So f- fucking put your own mask on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you know, this comes back to the, the couple of things that you said that we talked right at the start about this morning routine thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm fucking massive on it. But one thing I'm also massive on is I think a lot of people make the morning routine just too fucking difficult, too hard, too <laughs> long. And then they're like, I just can't get out of bed. I'm like, well, I'm you're fucking surprised. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the, Matt's the, deadlift within 30 minutes of waking. Exactly no one wants to that, get out of bed. Mate, that's exactly what I mean. Like, I'm like, if your morning ritual requires motivation for you to do it, it's the wrong fucking morning ritual. Yeah. Like if I can't get out of bed, if I'm not excited to get on top of my morning rituals, it. it's the wrong morning ritual. This is why people ask me and I'm like, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to tell you to copy it. Because what, what might, like, if you said, oh, well, you have to go and weight train, I'm not going to fucking do it. I might do it on a nighttime because I can link it to getting better at jujitsu or linking it to losing body fat or something. But if you told me to get up and do jujitsu, I'd be like, fucking hell, I can't wait to get out of bed. Is it time to get out of bed yet? If I, if I, offered you the opportunity to do anything that you want to do in the morning, yeah. it should be realistically your morning routine. Yeah, it'd be nice to fucking yes. jump in a Ferrari and get in a helicopter, <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, let's be fucking realistic here. Yeah. Like, if you offered me an hour and a half of my morning, I would get up, uh, have, ooh, ooh, Jigsaw Health, Adrenal Cocktail is a product that they do, which is a mixture of potassium salts, and then you put lemon in water with it. Jigsaw Health, that's Jig- what It's the same company that does MagSooth. I'll get them I mean, to send some out. And only just fine. have like fucking six coffees and fuck me adrenal, so. Why? Because <laughs> I'm fucking Upon tired waking? in the morning. Yeah. Right, so yeah. your um, adenosine system isn't active for the first okay. 90 minutes. Okay. Caffeine works on your adenosine system. Right. It's your uh, adrenal system yeah. that works. Salt, Lemon, water, if you can get hold of the Adrenal Cocktail by I'm Jigsaw I'm on the Adrenal, what a name for a fucking product, by the way. Adrenal Cocktail, it's sick as fuck you want product. it. So don't have, here's, what, here's one for you, take away straight away. Don't have caffeine within the first 90 minutes of your day. It's not doing anything. Yeah. And all that you're doing is, l- is like front loading tons and tons and tons of adenosine receptor uh, down regulation. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. Salt and lemon water will be the solution that you can have today. That'll also help me have that morning shit probably as well, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, that it morning does. poo. Um, so, yeah. If you had the opportunity to do whatever you do in the morning, it should be that thing. Yeah. I want to have a, a walk. I want to journal. I want to meditate. I want to read 15 minutes of my book and prep for the guest. I do that as my prep for the nighttime. Yeah. And then I want to put whichever podcast I choose on while I cook for an hour and cook my whole day's food. And it's like mm. an hour and 45 minutes, pretty much on the nose. Yeah. And then I can pack my bag and be out of the door from wake to door in like two and a half hours. Yeah. And I've won the day. Mm. I've won the morning. I've already fucking 
destroyed the day. Yeah. I know that I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll here. Um, if you are the sort of person that snoozes the alarm, yeah. two things that you can do. Conceptually, first off, realize that snoozing your alarm is saying, I hate waking up so much that I'm going to do it multiple times per day. <laughs> Dude, I love that. And, I love that. Uh, yeah. The second, second solution is from uh, the guy behind Slate Star Codex, Scott Alexander, um, and it's countdown from 10. So when your alarm goes off, count down in your head from 10, yeah. 10, 9, Eight, and you will do it. Anyone that's ever done CrossFit knows the worst thing that anyone around you can do when you're looking at a barbell in the middle of a Metcon is go three, two, one, pick the bar. Because for some reason you're like, oh, I'm completely counting down from three. I'm gonna have to pick this fucking bar. <laughs> so you do that. So that's your two ways to get over that. But man, yeah, that happens when you fight as well. By the way, when you, when that when the ten fucking second mm. when you hear the ten second bell or the, or the or the knock, yeah, it's like even if you're winning, you're go looking for trouble. It's so weird. It's like your goal looking for trouble when you know that, like we have the clock on in Jiu-Jitsu and if I know there's a minute left or even 10 seconds, you, mm. you kind of go looking for trouble. You don't even need to. It's weird. Mm. It's like this, oh, there's only 10 seconds left. I better, I better look for a way to fuck it up. It's mad. <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> Honestly, it's really weird. That's funny. Like, the, like it, it's such a weird thing that happens at like that countdown thing. So what, what, what's your, was that your morning routine? At there, straight off. Uh, wake, adrenal cocktail, walk, um, journal. Meditate. Uh, what are you doing on the walk? Are you phone free walk? Oh yeah. So I have. <laughs> this is how in deep I've got. I've got two devices. So I have my my phone doesn't have any social media on it. Yeah. I have a second SIM free phone which yeah. is only on Wi Fi, yeah. um, and that's also the one which I use for Insight Timer, which is the particular meditation app I use. Yeah. Interestingly, by meditation minutes, Insight Timer is like bigger than Calm, Headspace, and Waking Up all put together. Really? Yeah. Sure. So it's an unguided meditation app, but it's used. It's like if you're a serious meditator. I'm not a guided meditator. I'm I'm an unguided meditation. Unguided. Yeah. I don't think guided meditation is really meditation. So Insight Timer is phenomenal. It's free. Yeah. Um, Guess what? I use it. I just use my fucking time on there. Okay. So watch. the one thing that it's got, which is quite nice, is you can set little um, sounds. Yeah. Uh, Intervals. Yeah. So let's say you're doing a 15 minute meditation. Yeah. You can set a little wooden sort of yeah. um, every three, yeah. which just often helps. It's a sound that if you are lost in thought, yeah. it'll just bring you back in. And if you've got ah, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, I'm, so I'm like supposed a reminder. Be, I'm yeah. supposed to be meditating, yeah. not not thinking about work. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. I love that. A little bit of breath work from the state app. Dude, I love that app. Dude, phenomenal. He's been on the show. All the guys. Has he? He's been on the show. Yeah. He's great. I'll intro you if you want. If you want to bring him on here, he's wonderful. And we look in our program. All the guys use that app. We do it before the quarterlies. Don't we? Yeah, we do. We do it. Which one? The alert. The alert one. The orange one. Alert one. Orange. Yeah. Yeah. So that. I mean, that's that's fantastic. The calm one's really nice as well. Yeah. That. So that app then. Yeah. Meditate and breath work. Then into. Reading that's on a timer, so <laughs> I've done it so many times on my phone now that it pops up on the screen and says, "Do you want to set a timer for 15 minutes?" Really? Like it's so weird. So anyway, do that 15 minutes reading. That tends to be prep. If I've well, got a guest got on a night, yeah, because at the moment I'm just like chewing books, yeah, yeah. desperately trying to keep up with yeah. the guest pace. Yeah. Um, then I do Stuart McGill's Big Three, um, which is a back rehab movement. So I've got two bulging discs, L3, S1. Um, and uh, what's called a sh I've just got bad back. So I flew to Canada to see the world's number one back pain. Stu McGilley's called, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was yeah. on my show. I yeah. spoke to him. Um, he's about three grand to get for a consul uh, consult consultation. Yeah. And he said, um, fly to Canada. If you come out fishing with me and you catch a fish, I'll do it for free. 
Really? Flew out with him, That's stayed cool. in his house, yeah. stayed with him and his wife, sent, that is cool. sent the dog, their dog a Christmas present last year and yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and so I, that was like a pilgrimage. And this is actually a- What, like is, a, what are his big three, if you, describe, if you could describe them? So it's a modified curl up, which is one leg down on the floor, yeah. hands under the small of the back, yeah. and you just curl up, focusing on there, yeah. um, in a descending pyramid of 10 seconds, six times with each leg, yeah. then 10 seconds, four times with each leg, then 10 seconds, two times with each leg. Yeah. That cadence goes through, and it's a side plank. Right. Same, six, six, four, four, two, two. Yeah. And then it's a bird dog, six, six, four, four, two, really? two. Um, but just with perfect form, maximum contraction. Yeah. Um, and that takes exactly 15 minutes and 40 seconds, yeah. um, which I know. Then I stand up. Like, that's the hardest bit. That's, like, the worst bit. But I know as soon as I stand up, I've got a coffee waiting for me mm. in the kitchen. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, like, if I just, if I can just get through this, if I can get through this. Yeah. And that's it. Like, all of those little wins. And again, like, it might be like, oh, it's all fucking well and good for you guys, entrepreneurs, talking yeah. about this with all yeah. your spare time to read yeah. fucking Paul Mort's fucking Unstoppable. <laughs> but, like, I, I shit you not, I'm the sort of person who has such poor mental discipline, such such a, a predisposition toward negative thought yeah like ambient anxiety for as long as i could remember yeah and it's only by creating a scaffolding of routines like this that i can structure my life on it. you know that dali painting where it's like all the clocks are like this they're like all slumped off the edge of like i've uh, never seen it oh it's just a it's like imagine clocks melting on a fucking th the side of a table yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how i felt yeah. Like trying to prop up a t-shirt, a yeah. wet t-shirt with like prongs, and yeah. it's all like. Sort I think of like you no, know I think a lot of people get like misconstrued ideas about what a morning ritual or morning routine is. I'm like, I just do the morning routine and make me feel fucking better. What What do you want to eat? do? Yeah. What would you I like just want to, do? to make me feel better? Yes, I I think I'm not going to get. I don't like to do. I to do. They wanted to do a multiple like, various yeah, things. Come, come away from it. I mean, you should be buzzing to some sense, but the, the, they're expecting. I think it's the same with meditation. They expect to close eyes for fifteen minutes and wake. They're awoken. That, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. But it's not. It's more of just challenging your thoughts and, yeah. and discipline, really, isn't I, it? I think that that people have got to find like a recipe that works for them. So for me, I don't like training hard in the mornings. It tires me out for the rest of the day. I actually don't like studying in the morning anymore, because I'd rather be like right. I'm gonna make myself feel great and then I'm gonna drum up business. I love drumming up business. It's what I love to do. I love teaching. I'd rather be teaching than learning. Like I find myself now, I'm like, I've become, I've become more of a creator than a consumer. Like I just, I've got so many things that I wanna teach and share and produce and all that stuff that I find myself, I'm learning less than ever, but I'm also journaling more than ever. Which well, is, think about what that is. That's because the same as with almost any industry, you spend a significant period of time learning what the rules are, learning the information that you need. Yeah. Like you do med school for five years, then you do little bits of continuous professional development yeah, while yeah, you're yeah, a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. You don't continue to have to be in med school. <laughs> yeah. It's a time comes where training is over and yeah. it's it's game day. Yeah, that's what I feel like right now. It's mad. It's weird. People are like, what are you reading right now? I'm like, well, I'm reading this uh, Spider Shepherd um, fiction book. But anything else? I'm just like, not that much actually. Mm. I'm in this place where. I'm like, I'm, do you know what? I don't want to learn anything new. This is me saying, I'm not going to learn anything new while there's still stuff to do. Like, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not in a place where I feel I need to collect information as much. So anymore. this is, this is a challenge. And I think it went right, right back to the very start before we even began. Yeah. Um, where I talked about the fact that um, you can't implement what you don't remember. Yeah. Right. So ruthlessly indexing information. And this is the other end of the scale. I know that you've got some of the guys listening that are like the, the gruff and burly, like yeah. uh, uh, 
biker on a weekend yeah. and, and like plumber by week sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, crowd. Yeah. Yeah. The other end of that is probably someone that's coming from uh, more of an academic side mm -hmm. who might see the solution to their problems as more information. Yes. If I just read another book, yes. Yusuf from Propane Fitness is this. He's got a thousand Evernote summaries. Really? Of every, like from the last fucking 10, 15 years of his life, yeah. ruthlessly indexes information. Yeah. Like I would much sooner read the best hundred books a hundred times yeah. than read 10,000 books once yeah. by yeah. miles. Yeah. Do you know what Lin yeah. the Lindy effect is? Do you know what that no, is? No. Okay, so Lindy effect is the lifetime, the lifespan of a non-perishable good. It means if an idea has been around for a hundred years, you can presume it's going to be around for another hundred years. Yeah. The idea is that you should read the classics. The classics are the classics for a reason. Yeah. Think, everyone that's listening, think about the vast majority of the content that you consume. It was created within the last 24 fucking hours. Yeah. Watch Instagram story after Instagram story. Yeah. That is the opposite of Lindy. Yeah. You want to be reading classics, the things that have stayed around for a reason. Yeah. And that's, that's the answer. Like There are certain new classics that will come through. James Clear's book's only been around for three years or two years it will be around for another 50 because yeah. it's fucking great. Say like when you get Hall of Fame fighters, right? Precisely, yeah. you know? Yeah. But the vast majority of stuff, like just let time decide what you should consume. Mm -hmm. Like if someone has consistently put out good content, why is Rogan the best on the planet? He's the best on the planet, not only because he's great at what he does, yeah. but because he's been doing it for so long and he's still not been knocked off. Yeah. That's why he's good. Yeah. Same with James Smith. Yeah. Like writes a good email does a good video, mm -hmm. but has been doing it for so long yeah. and hasn't slipped up. Yeah. That's why he's great. Hasn't stopped. Hasn't stopped, Hasn't man. stopped. Fucking That's daily email. Same as you. How long has it been? Four years? Longer, eight. Eight years. Eight years of daily email. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What's your, um, yeah. your note-taking tactic, strategy? So mine's actually quite poor. Um, there's the uh, Tiago Forte from Forte Labs has something mm -hmm. called the Para, which is progressive summarization, um, which is a pretty good, um, pretty good way to do it. Basically, if you're reading, I would use Kindle uh, Kindle highlights. Right. Just highlight as you go through. So do you through. read everything on Kindle? Um, half, half, half and half. half so half. because I have an agreement with a number of different publishers, um, like Penguin Random House, Bloomsbury, Bonnier Books, Blink Publishing, um, and they'll always send out the actual, like the manuscripts, like yeah. the proper things. Sometimes it's an early version, but anyway. Um, It's hard, right? Because in one sentence I'm saying, if you read something and you can't remember it, it's basically the same as having never read it. Yeah. But on the flip side, there's a concept from Tim Ferriss, which is called the good shit sticks. Is this the way he puts it in the contents, draws squares and is that oh, how no. He, no, 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 I, no. I, read, I watched something recently on that and I was wondering if you had like a tactic like that or. No, so I mean, for me, I'll highlight. I'll highlight fairly yeah. ruthlessly on Evernote, uh, sorry, on Kindle. Mm. And then there's a, a tool called Bookcision, again, uh, life hacks list, fucking link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, a tool called Bookcision that allows you to export your Kindle highlights. Um, but yeah, it, it, on one hand, I'm saying if you, you you can't implement what you don't remember. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, Tim Ferriss says, and this is correct, the good shit sticks. Mm -hmm. You can read an mm -hmm. entire book and only one passage passage stands out to you. Maybe that was the only passage that was actually need, worth yeah, remembering. Dude, I love that. I love that. I read a book, you might have read it, Mo Gaudat, he's called, Solve for Happy. Dude, this is a great book. The guy used to work for Google. He was quite high up in Google, and his son died. I think his son was like 16 or something. His son died. It's quite, the start's really sad. 
And he taught us this thing that I teach every course that I've got right now. He calls it, well, I call it the happiness buffet. So he basically said, fill in this box. And it, it, it was basically out of filling the blanks and it said, I feel happy when. And I, was, I, I didn't even read the rest of the book because I was like, holy fucking shit. How simple is that? I feel happy when. And then I just completed this thing. I was like, me fucking brain just went. And like, I didn't read the rest of the book. So I'm happy with that one thing that I got from there. Precisely. But, and, and I also read a book called, a long time ago, called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Everyone thinks it was Robbins that was said this. T. Harvecker it is. And he said, where attention goes, energy flows and results show. And that was just, it's the only thing that I remember from that book. Good shit sticks, man. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the one thing. <laughs> you didn't even need to read the book. Do you know what I mean? You didn't even really need there to read go. it. Book summary service. Yeah, the one thing. And then what's another thing? I love that. Mate, I've never even thought about this before. There's another book that I read recently called Automatic Millionaire. And the summary of that book was if you want to save money, you can't rely on willpower. You can't really rely on remembering. You've got to make it automatic. The only thing I got from that book. You just want to systematize it. You just got to like, it's got to come out your bank account every single week or every single month and you just got to forget about it. The best, the best quote that I've had. So Morgan Housel writes for the Collaborative Fund, one of the best financial advisors and like market commentators on the planet. Yeah. Um, he's been on the show twice. He's got a book out at the end of the year called Psychology of Money, which will be great for anyone that needs like uh, rich dad, poor dad for the 21st century, basically. Yeah. Um, and he said, wealth is the Ferrari you didn't buy. It's the square footage in the home that you didn't purchase. That's what wealth is. Yeah. Wealth is not how much money you make. It's the difference. It's the differential between your top line, uh, your churn rate, how much yeah. you're spending and how much you're making. Yeah. You know, you can have someone who's on a mill a year, but leveraged up to the eyeballs in fucking tons and tons of debt yeah. and have someone who's on 30 grand a year and saves half their wage. Yeah. 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 Dr. John D. Martini's like that. He's like, listen, if you, if you start making more money, he said, never increase your lifestyle, i.e. how much you spend on yourself and on luxuries and that without also increasing your investments. That's one of the best bits of advice I've ever heard. It's great to start earning more money, but your investment's much massier. Like, that spend should be almost the same, and this dude lives on a fucking ship or something. Like, he's so <laughs> fucking smart. Honestly, it's one of, Like, he lives... Honestly, li but he travels, dude. I don't even know what he's doing now. He travels 300 and... Like, almost every day of the year, traveling and speaking. That's all he does. And then he lives on a ship when he's not doing that, which is That's like, a fucking cool like life, man. Christmas Day, living on a ship. So when he's not on the ship, guess what he's doing? Earning money. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like when he's not on this ship, cool. there's one room empty where he lives, right? And then the ship's got people on it the rest of the year. I'm like, that is, yeah, it's phenomenal. Genius. Yeah, I love phenomenal. it, man. Absolutely All right. genius. On that note, we are there, my friend. I feel like we could keep this. We'll have to do round two. Yeah, I feel like round two. Lots of round yeah. twos. Amazing. Thank you so much, Thank Mr. You. Chris Williamson. Thank you. Thank you, my mom. Cheers, Thank man. you, sir.